0: podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network hosted by thebatmanuniverse.net. Here we love talking about everything Batman. Thebatmanuniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out thebatmanuniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show.
1: Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Ms. Gordon Speaker. Lopez Hair Removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute, something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, Boy Wonder, I'm Batgirl! You are no longer alone, Capes Crusaders!
2: It took me three years to track down the Jade Gatto, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. La la la
0: Stellate, my Stella. At Hawk, Backroll the Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast, episode two hundred and thirty-seven for August MMXXII. I just—it's not even over. I thought it was going to be over. It's not even over. Backroll the Oracle is brought to you by MileHighcomics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. My high Comics has an inventory of over five million comics from the Gold, Silver, Bronze, and Modern Age, and over one hundred thousand trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics right to the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. Today was the first day back for me for work school, and then I had my school school, and then I closed at Michael's, which was nuts because they only scheduled two people, and that's that's terrible. Uh and now I get to come on and talk about war games. So one hell of a day for me. This guy's perpetually busy as well. He's on. I thought it was the third and final time he was gonna be on, but no, I'll talk about he's gonna have to come on again. The pain just doesn't stop. But he. Oh is, man. Yeah. Well, not you, the pain, but just. like, I, I know, oh but gosh. you like you like
3: said at the beginning. You're like, oh, this
2: isn't so bad.
0: <laughs> it wasn't. Act one was fine. It was fine. Act two was like, oh my gosh, and now here we are. But anyways, it is Joe Sway, as I call him, or gosh. Joshua Lappin Bertoni. Welcome back, Throis.
3: Hello. Yes, I've been waiting um since the last episode outside of the callus. <laughs> outside of the coliseum ready for you to give your signal so i can go in and charge yeah
0: you know? and we don't know what the signal is but we'll know it when it happens we don't
3: know but 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 we'll know yeah i mean we'll um, know. yeah harold is currently on stage right now rallying all the you Oof. know podcasters yeah and
0: what's Donovan been to... doing baking pizzas
3: donovan <laughs> probably started this war games like
0: you know that's true he threw the wrong pizza on the wrong oh man that guy oh man yeah. now i do want to say i apologize for the audio of the previous episode i knew immediately once i started editing that my audio was bad and i knew also immediately that the reason why is because for some reason the setting didn't go through this fancy mic but through the actual computer so hopefully it sounds better but i know hornacek wrote on youtube about it oh, and then hornacek uh from the crawlspace. good space
2: is cornicek from crawlspace
3: I... I mean, he's from probably, like, you know, a lot of other things that are not... But that's, like, my oh, association interesting. with him. Whoa. He's, he had this running thread back when I was on Crawl Space. And, and I talked about this with Donovan recently, that, like, how long it's been since we left Crawl Space. And I was like, oh, almost a decade. But, like, he had a thread where he would, like, quote funny bits from, like, different episodes. And he was going from the beginning. And, like, Brad would, like, read those during the podcast. Sometime. I think Brad would wow. read them but I just remember, like those were always a delight because he would like find little, like I mean, I guess that thread's gone now because I don't know if you noticed, know but the message board is uh, is no more. That's it's interesting. All, it's all Discord.
0: Uh, oh, Discord! Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, so, so, so to that. Brad,
3: Brad, uh, Brad nuked it, and he said it was costing him too much money in storage. So. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah, I know they just had what their 30th anniversary or something.
3: No. Oh,
0: 20? Uh. wasn't it? Because so. Um, uh,
3: there got was a, an anniversary you, I, I heard yeah about
0: it. I was with someone who got an invitation but he was unable
3: yes to I, 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 I heard about that my gosh stuff.
0: if that's true I see I don't know Hornacek's origin story unless Hornsec told me and I've just forgotten because after I record I just forget everything but that's amazing that Hornacek has followed me that's years ago that was like 2000 yeah five six seven I don't know so thank you for following along Horec you have to send your origin story now because I'd like to know who you are. But anyways, Hornacek, yes, told mm-hmm. me about that error. And then uh, the good professor, Carolyn Cook also texted me about the the audio. So I do apologize. Uh, Hopefully it's Carolyn! Gonna... Yes. She's also from Crawl Space. No, she's not. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that that is not true. That's not true. Now, uh, my former Earth 2 BFF, Shana, who is a fan of Pelicans, if you recall this. Remember the Pelican capybara situation we had last episode
3: i remember you sent me a video and you asked me like well why is yeah yeah, what's the
0: pelican doing so your thought your conspiracy theory if you will is that the pelican is vampiric it's a vampire but doesn't cause any damage because has no teeth so uh shana was distraught over this and wondered how (laughs) how can this be if pelicans are around during the day So do you have a follow-up? Yes.
3: The feathers obviously protect them.
2: Oh!
0: (laughs) Take that! Okay. Okay. Easy peasy. Yeah. Okay. That's it for my intro. Find Your Joy segment, it seems like... I, it seems like we just recorded last week, so I don't know what's changed for you. Well, actually, I do know what's changed for you. So you can tell me all about it uh, oh. in, a, in a short amount of time. But this is Shag's mac and cheese, a comfort and joy. So what has brought you to Comic Con? I figured you would talk about. Oh, that. okay. <laughs> and being with our naked friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, you said like what's changed? I was thinking, did I go through a big life change? So much has <laughs> happened in like the last like months since we've recorded just i I think it's been a little over i think it's been more like five weeks instead of like four weeks but it's like yeah like i've gone on like multiple trips since then yeah san diego comic-con um that was fun um yes our naked friend donovan uh returned this was his first time at sdcc since 2019 so that was interesting and it's you know of course a whole new ball game because it's like SDCC, not only post-pandemic, which, like, I've been, I, I was up there last one, too, which was post-pandemic, but also post, like, you know, um, a lot of the mergers and stuff like that, like, so, you might recall, I used to spend, like, all of Saturday doing those, like, WB, like, yeah. TV press rooms, and now that, like, Discovery's taken over, like, a lot of those shows are either not happening, not being, you know, or promoted, I mean, like, the CW's entire, like, DC slate is down to just Superman and Lois and uh and even that did not get an sdcc panel and obviously we're dealing with the strike and stuff yeah. like that too both writers and actors but some people listening in, it's like well josh that's the way sanny was supposed to be just about the comics not yeah. about the media so yes there was a lot of comic stuff there too and uh donovan and i got some work done for dc and pop verse uh donovan is uh whittling his way into our pop family which is uh Nice, and you know, we were just hitting the nose, being productive, and we saw Barbie. That was fun.
0: Yes,
3: I think we Facetimed you right before, right before we saw. Yeah, Barbie. you were at dinner. Yeah, yeah, we were at. Yeah, we, we were at, we were at dinner. Donovan was uh, fully dressed for the entire convention, as far as I recall. So, uh, oh,
0: you don't know about you know. his bathroom shenanigans? Did he? I don't recall him posting. Actually, there may have been one post. I'd have to find it that he may have taken. In your bathroom, your shared bathroom.
3: It's possible because there was a few mornings where I like left ahead of him because I had to like get to something. So um, that was uh, that was good. And then after San Diego, this is one of the craziest things that I like did. I, I couldn't believe I did this because you know how much San Diego like takes out of you, like physically, course, uh, mentally yeah. and everything. People get
0: sick often, yeah.
3: Yeah, so like I got back. It was like, I left on a Monday. So like, it was like, Tuesday, like late morning when I landed. And by Thursday, I was on another trip. So and it was an 11 day road trip from Florida all the way up to uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. So uh, one of the families that I work with, which I I alluded to some of, you know, the stuff um, on the last episode, they experienced a personal tragedy. So for the end of the summer, the boys and I, we drove their cousin who was down there for the aftermath of the tragedy back home and we thought that it would be a nice like end of summer boys road trip um these boys have not experienced a lot of seeing america and stuff like this so a lot of this was new for them so we went to washington dc saw some landmarks went to new york city so it was a good trip um we decided if we're going to do this we're going to do this in a fun way so uh we rented a Tesla, which was like, Ooh, that was an experience too. Like on, I think our first or second night on the road, I discovered the cruise control and auto steer. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, the car is driving itself. I don't know what to do. (laughs) What's going on. Like, like, I mean, I knew what it was doing, but it was like so weird to me because I'm so used to like having to like operate everything and you still have to like have your hands on the wheel and like, your foot ready for the break in case the auto stuff doesn't like detect something, man, that was wild. And, um, there's a story for the way back from the trip. I don't know if, uh, (laughs) this is (laughs) this, I guess I have to share it now. Um, so on the way back we dropped the cousin off and I had the two teenagers on the way back and a cop accused me of like trafficking, like the teenagers.
0: You were pulled over.
3: We were pulled over and so they're
0: because um, he spotted you and two teenagers.
3: No, no, we were, we were going like 55 and like a 45 or something. Uh, But we were like, we were like going on the interstate ramp, but anyway, he like got my information and he like, it's because the boys were a different color. So he was like, he was asking them a bunch of questions and I like gave them the information, but they're because of their family situation. And stuff I mentioned, they don't know their full situation. And the cop was not asking them the right questions. He was not asking me for their like guardian phone number, which I could have given them to him in like 10 seconds. So at a certain point, he has to talk to the boys in private. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. And it's him like checking everyone's story. And when they got back in the car, he said, yeah, he asked for my address. And I didn't. And I told him I didn't know it, which they don't. And he asked for my phone number. And I told him that I didn't know it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to jail. but um it was fine when he spoke to me I gave him all the information he says well this sounds like a very sad situation for everyone I'm sorry
0: did he ask about what had happened or he only got that information from you
3: he asked about what had happened because it was like we answered everything truthfully but like when he initially interviewed me every single answer to the question just made it more suspicious it was like because we're in a rental car with a New York license plate, because that's what they gave us. It had a New York license plate. He's like, well, where are you coming from? And I said, Manchester. And "And where are you going? Florida. And we're in South Carolina at this point. Well, if you're going to Florida from Manchester, why'd you go from this road? And I said, oh, because we were visiting uh, my dad at his new place. And he's like, okay, are those your kids? And I say, no. Well, where's their mom? And I told him where their mom was. And then it was like, (laughs) every question, like, just, like, was, like, okay, yeah. there's a story behind this. There's a story behind this. Um, but we got to see. I mean, it was stressful in the moment, but it was, like, a funny thing afterwards that we could, like, almost laugh at. Like, I got accused of trafficking teenagers across state lines. There
2: was the um,
0: second time? Wasn't there a time at, like, 7-Eleven where someone thought you were Mexican and you had two white children and they also called the cops on you?
2: Yes.
3: Okay. Publix.
0: You have, like, the worst luck being around
3: yes I, I i have the worst luck indeed i do but yeah
0: uh, and um, that other what, thing that that other thing like didn't get you would that have been pulled up when he was putting your information it, in? it,
3: it wasn't it was not pulled up no okay. but like but i mean i told him and i had like a little bit of like like ptsd from it because it was like oh yeah. this is like everything's gonna be all right but now aside from all that This was a good trip for everyone. You know, we got to see America. It was a great way to end the summer. And it was like a positive healing thing after a tragedy. And we could laugh about the incident with the cop, you know. And um, obviously, it would have sent me spiraling emotionally like five or six years ago. And I'm in a better place now. Um, We got to see my dad and Mindy's new place in South Carolina because they um, just retired. So that was nice, too. So that was... um, Finding my joy was an 11-day road trip. Man,
0: yeah. Right after
2: San Diego. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it.
0: Had I not had to work on Saturday, I would have definitely driven over to the Great Wolf Lodge and gone swimming with you all. (laughs) We went to
3: Great Wolf Lodge, yes. that was. And it's, like I said, these are teenagers that haven't had a lot of life experience. So like my brother Jesse said, like, would they even care about Great Wolf Lodge? Like, they're kind of like old. And I'm like, oh no they loved great wolf lodge they were like look at these rooms wow like because the rooms were like really nice nice, yeah they liked the water park you know it's not like a florida water park like and they could have met the famous stella but alas alas
2: alas yeah yeah
3: because they they see your picture all over the apartment
0: oh (laughs) yes brown or blonde i only brown right
3: I think I have to, uh, I mean, I have not updated my pictures in a while. The only one where you're blonde, I think, is um, there's a picture of us at the beach with our naked friend from 2017. I think you were blonde in that one. I'm not sure.
0: Maybe.
3: Maybe. It's in the living room. I'm too lazy to get up and look. And I don't want to take the iPad with me because then the whole podcast community will see my messy apartment right now. That's fine.
0: That's fine. I didn't go fully blonde until 2019. So that might've been highlights potentially.
3: It might've been highlights because I'm looking at my lock screen, which is us at BGSU. And you're still like completely brunette there.
0: Yeah, and super long hair, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that find your joy. I'm glad you did it. I have to say... I think I've only been like pulled over by a cop once because my tail light or like one of my brake lights was out. So he told me. And then when I was a small child, I remember we just had gotten back from ice cream and I had like a cone. And I think that was also like a light situation. Like we stopped my parents and I just like completely lost my appetite. I like lose my Aww. appetite feels like my bowels are going to get loosened. I get really nervous. So (laughs) I don't know how all those questions would have made me exceptionally nervous. And then that would have made me look guilty, I'm sure. As for me, I think the main find my joy was my recent trip to Falmouth, Massachusetts, (laughs) aka T-Ticket. And I do want to do like a step-by-step step or a day-by-day, day, but I think now is not the time because I know that this episode is going to be long and it's late already. So I, I will just say that... So I'll do it. I'll tell you guys what the plan is, but it'll be next episode. I'll go day-by-day. Day. So Harry might, you know, right round, all the, all the names that I call him, turning 30, turning 30. And his mother, the mayor of Tea Ticket, decided to... <laughs> Decided to fly Donovan and me up to celebrate this. Okay. So this was planned April, May, April, May of last year. So secrets were kept. Now I game with him once or twice a week. And, you know, once we got closer, I was asking, oh, what are your birthday plans, things like that? Because, you know, I'm interested and he just wasn't getting it. Now, At one point, he was super upset because he's like, oh, I need to update you. We're going on this sailboat trip. I've already been once. I didn't like it. I'm super upset that I have to go on it. And it's, you know, on the actual day. And I said, oh, I knew about it because Donovan and I are also going. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe keep an open mind. You know, I can only be vague about it. Then we take some personality quizzes and. One of the questions was, do you like surprises? And without a beam, without a hesitation, he says, no, I hate them. And I, and so one of the options like from close friends or family. He's like, no, it doesn't matter. I hate surprises. So then I immediately texted the mayor. I'm like, just so you know. <laughs> so I knew because Donovan was worried, like, is he going to be uncomfortable? And I'm like, you know what? Probably. Yes. He, he says he lives in a state of discomfort. So I'm just like, he's going to be immediately discomfort, uh, uncomfortable, but then I think afterwards he's going to love it. So Donovan and I hid behind the car. And then when he got there, we like shot up, (laughs) said, happy birthday. I said, ooga booga. And there was like this look that he was not comprehending what was going on in front of him. Like, how could these people be here? And then he kind of buffered, but throughout the entire day, which was on Friday, I kept asking how he was doing. There are some other things that I can tell you about. Obviously, uh, some bad stuff happened to me, so I'll try to remember all of this bad stuff. But I think during overall the trip, during the trip, yes, involving okay. a flight, involving a
3: flight. Oh, Donovan briefly. Mentioned yeah, that. Totally
0: that. Yeah. It was interesting because after it happened and I like FaceTime Donovan and had Harry in the picture and I was like, surprise, I'm still here. Donovan said, you know, I'm sorry. It seems like you've had a rough go of it lately. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Cause I feel like I say it a lot. Like I have had a really bad <laughs> past two years. And when other people notice it, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. It's not just me. It really is true but no overall it was great uh donovan at one point said like i haven't seen you this giggly or like free in years
3: he said that to me he said that you were Mm -hmm. like lively, like, like hyper goofy Stella. Yeah, It was like
0: the, I guess, I don't know if that's, if that's quote unquote normal Stella, then that's what you got. But I, I think it was just because I didn't have school school. My school was done. Didn't have work. So it was like no responsibilities. And I was yeah. a distant from everything. And it was just like nice to be that. And then of course I come home and it's like, everything comes crashing down on me. I've got job. Oh yeah. But no, that was, that was great. <sighs> the women's world cup. Now I'm just going to play armchair Sideline analysis for a bit. So I I said UG and yay in my notes. So the UG is USA. The USA team really Ooh. let me down. Uh, it let, oh. the, yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they lost their first uh, first round of uh, the, the. I
3: didn't know knockouts. what I was cheering for. I thought that they won. So when you said you, USA, yeah. It well, was like, that was hey. the
0: hope. Like every, they were going in. I think they were number one ranked in the world. Okay, but I mean, from the outset, things were very weird. Uh, I'm glad Vlaco is gone, so he's he's left a uh, mutual decision. But it was weird because he gave the captaincy to Alex Morgan. Okay, and Lindsay Horan. I'm like, oh, right. now Lindsay Horan can play pretty well, but. I think immediately Crystal Dunn needed to be captain. And so I'll just throw out racism. I mean, if you look at her 2019 play for that World Cup, she was holding that back line, especially against France. Like, you should have seen what she was doing. And I feel like she kind of had that tenure and should have been the captain. If you want to switch out one of the two... You, you choose, but Crystal Dawn, I think, definitely need to be. And then just interesting picks for their team. Megan Rapino, which I guess I'll get back to. That's a bit iffy, but... Like, I don't think Julia Ertz was up. She had just given birth, and I, I I don't know that she was physically ready to come back. There was some, like, standout people missing. Of course, there were a lot of injuries, which I could go on and on about, about all the ACL injuries, and that's just problematic in the, in the women's game because they're not being taken care of, like the men are. But like Ashley Hatch from uh, DC Spirit, I think she should have been called up and kind of take these other people because we had this 18 year old Alyssa Thompson who it's fine. You know, she's probably good, but I feel like even with she barely played and she didn't really make much of an impact. And so I think why. Why well, put an 18-year-old on there and call me a hypocrite because Spain had a pair of yellow and she was great. She's also 18, but completely different. So I think that the team was just chosen oddly. Blacko was doing some weird stuff. He was like not putting subs in. I don't know what's going on there. The team itself wasn't playing as a team, just as a bunch of individuals. And then Megan Rapinoe coming on and playing poorly i think her time i mean she's retiring this was it for her but honestly she was not she was not playing well and and she carries she carries a name and a cause with her but but that wasn't good that which the cause of course women getting the flack um they didn't score enough which of course in 2019 they're like you scored too much against thailand getting uh, some backlash against not uh singing the national anthem people are saying you know this is this is you the time to to be unified for for America, and I'm like, actually, this is the time to because you're on a national platform to stand up for what you believe in, and also those are hypocrites because they were the ones after the U.S. won 2019 saying equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. So you can't do that, and then four years later say that. But my other team was England, and so they made it to the final, which I was super happy about. Didn't win, sadly. Spain uh, beat them, but. I was happy to have another team, perhaps a team that I like more now than the U.S. uh, get there. But this whole World Cup was pretty nuts just with the Cinderella stories like Jamaica that didn't even have a women's program two years ago, making it to knockout rounds, Colombia beating Germany. Uh, we have two teams in the final for the first time ever: Spain and England. So it was, it was nuts all around. Uh, I don't think that that the U.S. deserved it. So I'm I'm glad that they they didn't win. But I think that's it for my armchair analysis. I don't know how many people cared about that, but I did. Okay, so we are. I, that wasn't necessarily find your joy, but I was like waking up early, like the first. I guess it was Harry's birthday, which was on Saturday. Woke up at five a.m. Went on a run. Came back, 6 a.m., watched, I think it was maybe England versus Sweden. Maybe, I, I can't remember what. It was definitely England uh playing somebody. So that's how dedicated I am. Because those are some early games. I woke up at 3 for a game. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on. So we're in Act 3, which is also called Endgame, Act 3 of War Games. Uh, naive Stella over here thought this was it. Unfortunately, after after act three, there are two epilogues, and then we have War Crimes plus some secret files and that kind of business. Now War Crimes
3: was released like months later though. Which is
0: interesting. Yeah. Especially it's a
3: sequel, like
0: uh as if we wanted it or needed it.
3: Well, and it was also to fix some of the problems with war games that we'll get into.
0: Yeah, we certainly, yeah, because issue eight act, part eight i'm like what that's how you're ending it so josh <laughs> Batman's, oh, 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 we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it it was just not so i was like this is the end is there more pages did my kindle not did it delete it so josh suggested hey do you want to just push through war crimes is like man i really can't do four more (laughs) it's just like let's cut off at eight so we're just doing act three so you're gonna have to just survive with i mean basically i'm in the boat with you i've never read it so this is just where i am i don't know what happens after this we're gonna cut Josh is not going to be on the next episode because I told him I need a break. No offense, ah. to, yeah, no offense to him, but I just need a break from war games. <laughs> I'm going to do some birds yeah. of prey next episode, which is good because it comes out in, like in between, anyways. And then, yeah. then we'll do this epilogue and war crimes business, which I'm sure that's when we'll 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 be screaming, I guess, at the screen. So per usual, we will got the synopsis and my questions. And we'll go from there and we'll take a break after, after part four. Uh, Anything before I get started from you?
3: Let's uh, storm the Coliseum. Yes.
0: Okay, so Act 3 is called Endgame, as I said. So Part 1, Good Intentions, Detective Comics, 799. And December 2004 is the cover date for all of these parts. Writer Anderson Gabrick, Penciler Pete Woods, Inker Cam Smith, colorist Jason Wright. Gotham City is absolutely calm, and Wesley Tompkins enjoys the little break she has had in over 24 hours. Arturo Rodriguez reports the current situation and comes to the conclusion that either the heroes of Gotham won the battle, or this is just the prelude to the final and Most devastating battle. Meanwhile, Batman's war games plan has been set in motion and the Bat family is hurting all the criminals, freaks and costumes, and mafia members inside the Robinson Park's amphitheater. Batman is overlooking the situation from inside while the Gotham City Police Department is surrounding the place with help from Nightwing, Robin, and Batgirl. Batman tells the police to wait for a signal before starting to move inside the place, much to Commissioner Aiken's dismay. Inside the place is crowded and the villains are getting anxious to see their would be leader Orpheus. May he rest in peace. However, at that more moment, Onyx goes to Orpheus Orpheus Orpheus' apartment, and after looking for a moment, she finds his dead body and contacts Batman. At Robinson Park, the imposter appears and talks to the criminals of Gotham, giving them instructions to turn all their efforts against their true enemies, the vigilantes. Batman realizes that something is very wrong. (laughs) And, of course, and Onyx tells him that Orpheus is dead so he finally gets that message and that the man in the park is an imposter and he's basically like,
3: world's no. greatest detective I know
0: Batman tries to reach the man posing of Orpheus but is attacked by the hundreds of villains in the place he spots Dr. Death operating some machine while Firefly, Killer Croc and many other villains attack him Batman fights him as best as he can but he is soon outnumbered Tarantula is prompted to leave the place and take her gang Los Aranas, to safety but many other gangsters and criminals are also going out Batman fights the villains and man Manages to take down Dr. Death and destroy his machine. However, there are still hundreds of criminals that want to destroy him. Oh my gosh, I just realized that was the machine that Onyx had to go check on in Act Two. That's so weird. Like, this wasn't even, it was what a pointless plot point. Remember, Onyx had to go and like check and she's like, I don't know what this is. And it's so foreboding. You're like, oh, something's going to happen. And this is it. I didn't even know what was happening here until this (laughs) synopsis. And I'm like, that was worthless. What a waste of time. Okay,
3: There's a lot of time wasting, especially as like this is act three of a story that could have been told in two acts. I would agree. Yeah,
2: we're going to maybe maybe an
3: act and a half like, you know, like,
0: (laughs) Uh, The GCPD aren't sure of what's happening, and since there hasn't been any signal from Batman, they don't know what to do. When the criminals start coming out of the place, the police are attacked by the many criminals, including Carnivora and Scarface's gang, forcing the police to answer by shooting rubber bullets under Batman's instructions. Batman manages to light the signal in the sky, but it is much too late to do anything about it. Using her surveillance system at the Watchtower clock tower, Oracle, I should say that this is from... DC Wikia. Oracle notices that Batman is barely able to fight back the waves of enemies that come to him and she calls in the other members of the team to go inside the park to aid Batman. Meanwhile, the GCPD and the criminals have finished their battle and there are several casualties from both sides. But the police whenever anyone says that I think of um, August 12th, but the police managed to get the situation under control right after the worst is over. Commissioner Akins gets new instruction to everybody whenever there is a costume freak shoot to kill. Okay question what exactly is the plan here is it just to have everyone in the same place get them all on board under orpheus per the original plan can you explain to me what batman had in mind
3: he says it in the next part and it's a stupid plan which is like they're all united under orpheus and then the cops come in and arrest them all which is like what how would that have worked that's a lot of yeah. You're going to need a lot of handcuffs. And, like, I don't think Blackgate and Arkham are that bad. I, I don't know. Like, this was not a very practical plan, which is funny because, like, it, in the next part, Batman keeps on saying the plan was perfect. The plan. The perfect plan. Like, he keeps on saying that. It was all perfect. It was all perfect. But he lays it out like, yeah, the cops were going to go in and arrest them all. And I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, a discrepancy between the art and the script, but, like. There are a lot more gang members in there than there are cops. Yeah. And the cops have kind of shown to be like not the best equipped to deal with like these gang members anyway. So, and I honestly have a hard time believing that like after what happened at the high school, like like cuz they couldn't even all be in one place without like World War 3 that like now they're going to all go to the yeah. coliseum because Orpheus said so.
0: And who is gathering them though?
3: Or I mean, I guess like there's like a messaging system through the underworld that like was activated through like matches Malone and Orpheus and all that. And Onyx.
0: That's interesting. Just because remember when he was trying to get the I don't know, the double dragons, the Yakuza or whatever, and then they pretended to go along with him and then started fighting him. I mean, it's like no one was listening before, so I don't know why. Because they'll
3: listen. To, they'll listen to Orpheus. They're not going to listen to.
0: Yeah, but no, Orpheus was the one to try oh, to do right. that. And like, yeah. So I just don't know why <laughs> it's now. It's been a, it's a long summer. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both, brother. Yeah, I just don't understand why it's all of a sudden working. That because if this were true but now, been... <laughs> why didn't it work before?
3: <laughs> but it's not working. This whole plan. No. I mean, the, o- the only there. the only thing that works is that like the gang members are like taking a break from killing each other yeah which again like i have such a hard time believing that like all of them in that coliseum are just like
0: yeah i agree
3: and also like a coliseum you're not gonna meet in like the iceberg lounge with your top lieutenants like you're gonna have everyone in one place like you're just asking for it yeah And,
0: and i think symbolically it's interesting using yeah an arena for 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 fighting and brutality
3: you, you, you notice who batman like calls for help when he's about to die in in his head not allowed
0: when he's about to die
3: yeah he's getting like buried by these guys and he's like barbara i'm counting on you barbara barbara i know that barbara's gonna like send someone to save me oh That's like, oh yeah. the barbara that you've been like shutting up the last two <gasps> acts and the barbara that you're gonna continue God. shutting up for the next like for, for the rest of this
0: oh act. my gosh In a worse way, coming up, too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So... The interesting speech that Orpheus A.K. Black Mass says. So I'll start at the, the beginning. Your unified presence here tonight shows that you have intelligence and a powerful sense of self-preservation. It shows you understand we cannot continue to go down the path of a bloody, barbaric gang war. Our goals are the same, our needs are the same, our enemies should be the same. If our goals are needs and our enemies are the same, ladies and gentlemen, then what the hell do I need you people for? Oh, don't get me wrong, you are also very good at your jobs, but I really don't expect that you'd fall into line. so i'll just have to recruit a new army i suppose this seems like a confusing speech uh because if everyone is like listening to you why would you discard them just to start up again and in the end he actually and, uses and, this army
3: and, and it's also there's one of you and like yeah a lot of, unless it's like an abusive dad like reverse psychology thing like tell them that they're worthless so that they'll try it like but I, I, I don't think that it's that smart, like, yeah. you know, like, I don't think it's that deep. <laughs> yeah, I I just think this is one of those things where, like, a lot of times with cross, and this is just my theory, I wasn't in the writer's room, but, like, I know that with a lot of these crossovers, you have, like, plot beats, like, planned out, and then everyone writes the individual scripts, and this is one of those things where, like, the individual script didn't match with, like, the rest of the plots
2: okay.
3: that were being told, but sometimes it happens too late like a lot of Nightwing stuff that happens in the aftermath of war games. Like the continuity is really all over the place with Nightwing.
0: Okay. Yeah. I said, uh, I know it's comics, but this corpse that is Orpheus, were you at all confused? Cause his face is still on.
3: So I said, and it's then been he's a lo- still bleeding. I said, it's been a long summer. I couldn't remember if he made a mold of Orpheus's face or if he cut Orpheus's face off.
0: Well, I remember that he and I can, of course, flip back in my, in my like, puzzles. I remember he made a mold of
3: the face.
0: Yes. Like he did and have he to make up for kit. it. Yeah. But part of his shtick is taking other people's faces off.
3: Maybe he put it back on for fun. So that audits was fun. I guess uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's again, that goes with what we said about the black mass feeds where like it's one of those things where like issue by issue, like the scripts don't always match up because of how these are all made at the same time so like when when you're writing part five the person that's writing part two is writing part two at the same time like you know where your story has to begin and where it has to end but like you have not seen the other person's script all you know is that like there's an orpheus corpse
0: that's true yeah but as he gets punched by batman it's like Chunks of the makeup kind of in a clay face sort of way uh fly off. So it seems like it's more makeup than skin, but I honestly really thought that uh, chunks of Orpheus were flying all shtick. over. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good, is all I have to say about that.
3: <laughs> I, another thing, when I say it's been a long summer and like I might not remember like Act Two as well, but like the police are listening to Batman, and I'm like, am I wrong in thinking that when we left this, like, Atkins told Batman no we're not gonna do this for you and like he spoke to Gordon and like Gordon was like yeah like you should have arrested him for even suggesting it so like did did something change or, or am I like did that 11 day road trip fried my brain
2: <laughs> he
0: basically commandeered them
3: he come but but like Atkins is like going along with it
0: well I don't know that he can he has any say now He's commissioner.
3: He's got, he's got a, I almost dropped an F-bomb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's got a bleep bleep. Yeah, yeah he's, he's
3: got a bleeping say. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I I seem to remember like Batman asking to do this and acting saying no. And like, now we're doing this. And I'm like, and of course, like it does go wrong. Like surprise, surprise. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you're like perfect plan, Batman. I get so mad in the next part when he's like, who's the perfect plan?
0: I guess I'm confused because that that's a face. So I don't know if it's only made of body the... or it's I don't know. Yes. But how does that I mean, oh, Yeah, I don't know.
3: I don't think that that's like Orpheus like face ripped off of his body though because it would be it would not be that like clean.
0: I guess it was like a I was thinking it was a Joker situation. Remember he cut off his own face? The that back on? Yeah, that guy.
3: Oh, I, and that that was pretty messy. <laughs>
0: it yeah. So that's that's what I thought was happening. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Well, if yeah, but all the the cops are following him. So I think it it was a choice. Each cop kind of had an individual choice of do we follow Batman or do we not? But then he does rest control. He is in the commissioner. Yeah, I guess I was confused. Just go back to that. The Orpheus, I guess maybe his face wasn't cut off, but uh, he is still bleeding for some reason. So I don't know about that. But a bat was cut into his chest. I think those were the only notes that I had on this. Do you have anything else that you would like to say on this particular part?
3: I addressed my notes like as I was responding to yours. I like put mine in there, which were my notes were like, um, I'll just like read read like what I put. (laughs) I said, Batman controlling the police at dot dot dot, which was my way of saying, like, wait, was he supposed to do that? And his plan went wrong. So and then I have a quotations when he says, I'm counting on you, Barbara, because like that line was like, oh. Okay, we appreciate Barbara now, but only in our internal monologue.
0: Yeah, and only, no. only briefly. No.
3: Can you tell that I know who my audience is right now? Like, like my, and when I say my, I mean like, tell of my audience. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really playing to my audience of one at the moment. Like,
0: I did forget. I'll have to do that. Remind me after the break because I sent out that tweet about whose fault is War Games. So I do have the results.
3: From- <laughs> I saw somebody's result that I thought was people. funny. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Oh, somebody's. Our naked yeah. friends? Yeah. Boy, it's was close. I about to paddle his little behind after that. No,
3: somebody said that it was the naked friend. Someone said it's
0: done. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, like, I thought you meant. He, the, he well, he the naked the friend blamed Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I, I paddled his coconut. Okay, part two.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> 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 the Road to Hell. Batman Wedges of the Dark Knight 184. Writer Don Horrocks, penciler Brad Walker, inker Troy Nixie, colorist Javier Rodriguez. The criminals gathered at Robinson Park continue to spread out of the place into the city, despite the GCPD efforts. Batman thinks about his perfect plan. Oh, his perfect plan to capture all the criminals in Gotham and how it went wrong. Batman keeps fighting the waves of criminals that decide to take a chance on him while the imposter posing as Orpheus keeps enticing them to attack Batman. Meanwhile, Nightwing and Batgirl are on their way towards the theater where Batman is located and they race each other, getting there almost at the same time, and just then Robin and Onyx arrive and join the battle. At that moment, Tarantula leads the gang, Las Aranjas, out of the park, but they encounter several police officers and have to make their way through by attacking them. The reports about Tarantula's escape reach Commissioner Aikens and the other members of the GCPD who stand outside the park, unable to believe that they had the chance to apprehend all the criminals in Gotham. But the chance was blown because of Batman. Aiken tells his officers that Batman is no longer on their side. At the park, Batman tries to reach the imposter and is attacked by Killer Croc. Robin gets rid of Croc, allowing Batman to get to the main stage and attack the imposter posing as Orpheus. Batman hits the man twice in the face and the disguise falls apart, which I have up here. You see the chunks? (laughs) It's very disturbing. Revealing Black Mask, who Batman believed to be dead. Black Mask explains that the fall from a tall building didn't kill him, and Batman prepares to take him down when he is suddenly attacked by Scarecrow, which was kind of nuts to see. Both Batman and Black Mask are surprised at Crane's intervention, and Scarecrow explains that he was delighted, probably erotically, by the sight of hundreds of criminals (laughs) cowering in fear, all due to Black Mask's plan. Mm -hmm. Black Mask thanks Scarecrow and uses a smoke grenade to escape before Batman can reach him. Black Mask escapes and the sky turns dark as it begins to rain. Batman stands in the middle of the battlefield while the rest of his team has already taken care of the criminals and are staring at their boss, who is silent under the pouring rain. Very dramatic. Batman turns around and explains that this whole situation was a mistake, a plan that was intended to be a strategy game, but was never meant to be set in motion. However, the plan was set in motion and the game has turned into a war that has left nothing but death and destruction. Batman addresses his team and tells them that the games are over. And then from now on, they're at war. Wow. How many issues are we in? 16, 17, the 18th issue in this run. He's finally decided the games are done.
3: The games are done. Like, and Tim Drake is standing right there. And it's like he had one of his friends die in his arms. And like there was a school shooting in act yeah. one. I realize now that this isn't a game. And it's like, oh, Darla acquisition says thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he was like, oh, this was, and he, he almost, and again, I, I chalked this up to maybe each writer having their own idea of what it was supposed to be. Cause he's like, this was never supposed to be an This was like, just like a, a game that I played online. And it's like, cause I feel like from the other scripts, this was like, he said it was like a last resort. It's like, it was a contingency plan, but here he's like, Oh, it's just like a creative exercise. I did. Like when you write someone a letter that you're never going to send for like therapy or something. So like we, we keep on changing like across all these acts. What the war game is? Was it something that he did online as like a training exercise? Was it a contingency plan? Was the plan for the shootout in the ten cent adventure or twelve or so whatever? Mm-hmm. How many, however many sent. Because remember, at one point, like, that wasn't supposed to happen. The gangs were supposed to be unified then. Right. But then right. in another part, he said that, like, oh, actually, the war was supposed to have, like...
0: Because you we, knew the power was going to go off and everything. Right. Like that. Right. And so that like, someone was going to... Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, we, we keep on
0: changing... Yeah. ...this, so... It's very inconsistent.
3: Uh, yeah, but, I, I mean, I had a problem with, like, Batman's characterization of the war game throughout this, because, like, I almost... I mean... It's a case of the writers not all being on the same page. But when he's like saying, Oh, it was never meant to be serious, I was like, No, this was, you said this was your contingency plan. This was absolutely something that you planned for. D- don't give me this. This was never like, you didn't do this as a joke. And then also his like, mm-hmm. It was the perfect plan. Oh, your perfect plan, your perfect plan, where like had deaths. Cause I remember people on the message boards talking about this saying, like, if, Batman said that he planned for every death. So if this was a perfect plan, he was planning for deaths. He was planning for like all these power outages and right. stuff. And yeah, and and his and his perfect plan was to like lure all the bad guys into a coliseum and have the cops bonk them on the head and like arrest them. Like th- th- that's like something from like a cartoon where like you know the like cat like puts like a cheese under like a box and there's a stick and the mouse like goes in and the stick falls and it's like the
0: mouse trap game
3: yeah like <laughs> surely batman is smarter than this
0: do you i have like a bunch of questions i guess oh, so let, first question go. about that if well in regards to what you're talking about would you consider tower of babel a strategy a potential strategy like a practice or a contingency plan
3: I believe I I have to reread it cuz like it's been a while but I would say that was if my memory of the story is accurate that's a contingency plan.
0: Okay, I would agree. What about brother i? Was that a simulation or a contingency plan? I
3: mean, didn't didn't he straight up build it? That's like uh that's yeah, that a straight up that, yeah. that 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 goes beyond yeah. contingency plan. That yeah. that that's a plan. Yeah. There is a brother i in the sky. <laughs>
2: So it seems like that's his and, and, M.O. And that happened
3: after this. Like, yeah. like so Batman didn't, Batman learned Jack. Beep.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I think that's his M.O. I think that is his, that's what he does. He's not, this isn't strategy or like a, a simulation no. to see what would happen. I think it's always like, just in case. So
2: sometime in after
3: the this story, he was in the back cave, and he's like, I've been thinking about War Games, Alfred. Yeah, Monster Bruce. Yeah. I, I, I think I almost got it right. Let me build this, oh brother. Gosh. I I think my contingency plan will work this time. Yes, yeah. I think I think I finally got it right. This is not going to blow up in my face. Yeah. And Alfred's like, if you need me, I'll be at Leslie's. <laughs>
0: that that's when Alfred needs to quit. Yeah. I I mean, what that was one of my points is just that Batman keeps thinking that his his plans will work. When will he oh learn? I think. <laughs> I don't know if they did bat summits back then, back now in 2004. Because remember, we we found out about these bat summits that would happen. I also found out when certain writers weren't invited in, mainly the females. Do you remember the bat summits? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that they did them back then uh or is this a sign that they did not because i feel like that's something easy to do is like plot out what is the war games what were batman's intentions and then have everyone like trickle down but these inconsistencies are just because i think i read about
3: the summits but again there's a difference between like having on a whiteboard like everyone's like plot points yeah when you're writing your scripts at the same time because like person writing legends of the dark Knight is not seeing the script for the issue of nightwing that's coming out that same month because these scripts are all being worked on together things fall through the cracks like yes they plan the outline together but outlines are did you yeah you interviewed Devin grayson recently right or you're about to or oh you you should ask her about this because she was one of the writers on war games you are interviewing Devin Grayson coming up right didn't she tell me that you were planning on it okay
0: no never mind <laughs> yeah i don't know i i had interacted with her on twitter
3: i guess uh, we can ask her on twitter like like yeah, yeah like what how like if, if she's writing nightwing does she like the nightwing chapter of war games does she know the script for what's happening in the robin chapter of war games and i'm thinking no just because like i'm not and I'm not blaming the writers for this. I'm just saying that like due to the nature of the speed and how these things are made, like it's the editor's job to keep track of all of that.
0: Yes. But I think if you have an outline, the script, everything should point towards these particular points. Like I'm just thinking about like a teacher, like if I'm teaching Latin one and I've got a colleague also teaching Latin one and we know we want to get to a certain spot, we know exactly what we need to teach. How we teach it might differ, but it has to be the same because it's not like I'm going to start making up how to conjugate verbs. But like the activities and things will be different, but it's all leading to the same point. And so I feel like this is the same here. Like we should have had an idea of what these war games were, the purpose of it, what Batman's doing, da 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 da. And then the other things that are happening and the script. I mean, so you should have that point. Like the purpose of this is that this happens. But but if your metaphor, they are
3: doing that. And, And if your metaphor holds, they are doing that. Cause like the previous issue ends at the Coliseum, this issue begins at the Coliseum. Like, they're fulfilling that mission statement of connecting like the end of part like three to the beginning of part four. It's the particulars of the scripts where like little details.
0: Yeah. But I don't think it's a little detail if we don't know why Batman has done it has made this plan.
3: And I think that that's a, I mean I hate to say fake because I was not there and I've made zero comic books in my entire life except for the ones <laughs> that like I made in sure. sixth grade, you know yeah. like uh that the world will never see but um like Aww. as someone who was not there, I'd say that's a failure of like the team of not being on the same page during the original like meeting of like knowing what the war games is and maybe the failure of like you know, maybe that should have been something established like in act one, like what is the war game? Like making it very, very clear. Cause still like, it's still this very, very like vague plan. Like was the power supposed to go out? But if the power is supposed to go out, then why was the shootout? And that Stephanie called it that meeting not supposed to happen. And yeah. like, you know, and, um, the, and,
0: and you make a big, I mean, you have brought this up, you brought this up in the last episode and you brought it up just now. The fact that, Batman, had he known this, he would have known that people would have died. And he comments, yeah. I think, in, I, twice in either one issue or just once in both of these parts here that we've done, that hundreds of people have died. I think that's actually a low ball number. Um, I feel like more people, way more people have died than that. But the fact that he, we're saying that he has expected that. And that that's very much out of Batman character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. People maybe yeah. take a step back and think,
2: oh, da, 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 da.
0: yeah, I'm not sure what the point of war games was. That's what I like to know. Just like, what was the point of it? Um, maybe I'll ask you that. Then, I mean, and then maybe the war the, crimes my, will find
2: out. My,
3: my my theory is and I said this in act one. My theory is the point of war games was to get the Bat family out of Gotham to get Batman to be on the wrong side of the police again. So that way, the comics oh. match Batman begins.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but the Bat family is still in Gotham
3: by the end of this the, the like in the next issues of like robin and everything like that like everyone goes there everyone's oh in their
0: epilogue they,
3: yeah like this okay. this is not this is not a spoiler for me to say this is like just like it's like war games is basically like sending everyone off on their own thing okay. like Cass, Cass and tim are going to Bluehaven. Yeah. barbara there's no clock tower so obviously you'll see you'll see in birds of prey what she's going to be up to yeah. um Spoiler when I say there's no clock tower, but like, I mean, you read this recently spoilers for the listeners. Something's going to happen to the clock tower
0: soon. Yes.
3: What's Emmett Brown and and Marty McFly going to do? Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, this was when I talked about it. It's it's difficult to imagine the police being able to arrest those hundreds inside the amphitheater, which, Yeah. yeah, it's it's brought up more the the point of the story or the going to Robinson Park is is made more clear in this particular issue uh the croc and robin matchup reminds me of i think it was no man's land that they fought against each other um if it wasn't no they man's did. Land, it was nightfall By yeah it was no man's Land. so i thought that was yeah, well they fought a knife night- they fought in nightfall as well That's, yeah had- uh, but then they, they, they've had a few yeah, fights but then batman kind of does a switcheroo and tells onyx to go after croc which i thought was interesting Talk to he's
3: like oh about wait him. never mind i already read no man's land yeah you do it. uh
0: the horrifying reveal black mass with bits of orpheus flying everywhere Ugh. are you surprised that scarecrow landed such a punch on batman
3: yes and no yes because yes yeah, Scarecrow's not a fighter yeah and no because um this is something that One of the, this is not a spoiler, like what I'm about to say, because this is like one of the ways that war crimes addressed some things that people had complaints about in war games. And one was how were all these people landing these hits on Batman and a character brings up during war, or I think Batman or another character brings up during war crimes that one of the reasons why he's so easily being fought by these people is because he's been up for days and he's overtired and his like HP when I say HP, like when you're like a video game character and you're like, life bar's low, like he's low, he hasn't had like a meal or health or whatever, so he's he's not operating at his best, so people like Scarecrow, and later on Black Mask are able to like get him.
0: Okay. Uh, I will have a question about Scarecrow later on, and then my final question is, do you feel... Yeah, like, me too. <laughs> do you, it's probably the same thing, I'm like, what? The F just happened? Yeah. Is it a pot? I don't know what is it a positive or a negative character development or aspect or just did I say moment of Tarantula that she cares more about her gang than Batman in the amphitheater because she
3: ushers positive for Tarantula, negative yeah. for Batman. Okay, because I mean she's been entrusted with these people and this yeah, is and she's done it. And she's taken that to heart and she stood up for them for Batman saying, no, I'm not going to make them fight this war for you. You know, yeah. like she still she still took them to the Coliseum in the first place, which I thought was odd. But like, no, um, I like that for Tarantula. It It's weird because like a few months ago she was trying to kill Barbara Gordon. But like, you know,
0: I know. Yeah. And still take away from her and all that.
3: Well, and and she got him there. uh Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, don't remind me. Anything else on part two? Nope. Okay. Then we are on part three, Casualty of War. Nightwing, 98. Writer, Devin Grayson. Penciler, Sean Phillips. Inker, Sean Phillips. Colorist, Gregory Wright. Batman sends his troops on single missions in order to take back Gotham City from the criminals that are currently in control. Batgirl is sent to deal with Killer Croc. Oh, I was wrong. I thought it was Onyx. And Suicide King. Robin is sent to swipe the entire city. I think it's sweep, man, sweep the entire city and check with Batman later. With Orpheus dead, Onyx is assigned as the leader of the Hill Gang, and Nightwing is sent to the west side of Gotham. Batgirl tries to warn Batman about Spoiler's involvement in the whole War Games plan, but Batman stops her from speaking in front of Robin, and after he is gone, Batman assures her that he is going to find Spoiler. Nightwing races across the rooftops of Gotham, thinking once again... On his involvement in the murder of Blockbuster and his feelings of unworthiness as a member of Batman's team. However, his worries disappear when he spots Firefly going inside a building belonging to the Escobedo Cartel. Nightwing remembers Firefly's involvement in the burning of Haley Circus and follows the criminal inside the building. Firefly is pissed and and looking everywhere for anybody in the building, and Nightwing realizes that he has been working for the Escobedo Cartel, but now that the gang has been eliminated, Firefly has no way to claim his money from them. Nightwing, attacks Firefly by surprising him, and the arsonist uses his flame flower against Nightwing. Nightwing uses the desk as a shield, and he throws the desk at Firefly, almost hitting him in the head. Firefly stumbles and falls down, telling Nightwing that he must not kill if he's with Batman. However, as Nightwing approaches him, Firefly recognizes Nightwing as the one who killed Blockbuster, and now he is cowering in fear. Meanwhile, Catwoman arrives at Hawk, apartment, and she learns that Spoiler has escaped from Holly's care a few hours back. I thought that this was already mentioned, but here we are. Catwoman acknowledges that Spoiler's persistence might get her killed or promoted by Batman, because she smiles at the end. Nightwing and Firefly continue the fight outside of the building, and they give no sign of stopping. At that moment, Orco learns through her system that the GCPD are attacking criminals and vigilantes alike. A couple of officers arrive at the scene where Nightwing and Firefly fighting, and they shoot at both of them. Nightwing tries to use Firefly's metal wings as a shield, which shocks Firefly, but he is shot in the leg. Firefly mocks him, and Nightwing knocks him out for good. Nightwing leaves Firefly at the reach of the police officers, and he tells them not to shoot him, but they aren't listening, and they keep shooting Nightwing as he goes away from the place. A few moments later, Nightwing stops to rest on a fire escape ladder near the top of a tall building and tries to contact Batman by radio and tell him that he has been shot and is badly injured, but he can't stand the pain and soon falls unconscious. Later, Black Mask returns to his hideout and finds that Spoiler has managed to free herself, but has left a trail of blood behind her. Black Mask arms himself with a sharp weapon and starts looking for her. Okay. I found it very interesting that Batman stops Cass to talk to her after Robin is out of earshot. Do you have any thoughts on this scene?
3: I think um, Batman is so happy to have Tim back, which he says as much, you know, in this storyline that he doesn't want Tim's performance affected by, like, hearing that Stephanie might be in danger or something.
0: Yeah. Does that mean that he believes Cass is mentally and emotionally stronger than Tim?
3: I mean, Cass already knows, but I mean, I'm sure he thinks that, Cat. Cass- well, it depends on how you define mentally and emotionally stronger, because I think that, like, both Tim and Cass are mentally and emotionally strong in different ways. Mm-hmm. But does he not it, think that
0: Tim can handle hard. this revelation?
3: Could Tim handle it? Yes. Would he prefer Tim not knowing? Because, like... He wants Tim free of distractions while he's out in the field and he's already going to be distracted because a classmate died in his arms and Batman said, well, I just realized this isn't a game like a week later. Like, <laughs> I mean, and again, this is me filling in the blanks. Like none of this is like in the subtext of the issue. This is just us like, you know, guessing why he would, but I, sure, I think sure, it's just, yeah. he doesn't want to worry Tim. He doesn't want to affect Tim's performance and like, Until something can be done about Stephanie, Tim's knowledge of the situation isn't going to help one way or the other. It's just going to get him more worried. Okay. So, like, don't tell him something until there's something to tell him. Yeah. Or something he could do about it.
0: And he is just back in the game. But this action, I think, with Batman, both this action as well as the book and action that he'll do with Tim is interesting compared to him not worrying about Tim later on when Oracle's like, "You should worry about Tim." So it's like I'm I'm watching two different Batman in this particular. Yeah, act.
3: well, and in the bookend, like what he does to Tim in the final part of this is like that's a lot more messed up. Like we I do need
0: to, yeah, we'll have to talk about. Yeah, that well,
3: here. we're 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 going to talk about that. It's like, yeah.
0: So there's like concern, but there's also not concern, depending on the, the writer. I don't know. So there's just I mean, like I, I think
3: I, I, I don't think that it's a contradiction saying there's a concern and there's not a concern. I what? think he thinks
2: I no, don't think that's no. a contradiction. He,
3: no, I don't because like he's concerned about Tim knowing about Stephanie, but he's not concerned about Tim in the field the way that Oracle is thinks that he should be concerned about Tim in the field. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's a, it's a, it's but, a wouldn't, but wouldn't one affect the other? Isn't he worried about Tim finding out about Steph because how he will act in the field?
3: It's a nuanced situation. Oh,
2: He doesn't slay. think that Tim's going to lose. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you could keep on reasoning yourself. Let's go. Reasoning Let's here. myself.
3: <laughs> have I not been giving that a hard time this entire like you process?
2: Have. Yes, <laughs> keep on going. Keep on going. Wait.
3: There's things and you've had this too with your students, where like you're worried about some things, but you're not worried about the other. And it's like it's it's just all a big nuanced thing.
2: (laughs) Whatever, man. Whatever. Okay, we'll move on. I
3: I don't even know if I have the if I can articulate it like as clearly as it is in my brain right now. But like
2: that's okay. It is like
3: he and Barbara are not talking about Tim's feelings about knowing what's going on with Stephanie. They're talking about tim's general performance and okay. mental situation at that moment batman's like he's doing fine now batman can think that tim's doing fine and still not want to give tim information that could jeopardize that
4: mm-hmm.
0: okay
3: and that's why i don't think that's a contradiction
0: okay we'll see what the people at home have to say about
3: Oh, The right people now. at home yeah
0: Uh, special that that naked pizza thrower okay are you surprised nightwing acts the way he does in this uh particular fight with firefly i noticed that there was no ptsd whereas just a few hours before he had that meltdown with with a a bar Um, on fire
3: yeah no i mean um i think i mean i'm sure that you've dealt with ptsd before like you know it comes and goes at odd times you know and you have your good moments you have your bad moments um and maybe part of him was taken over by adrenaline because like he was angry at firefly for like the whole Haley circus thing um now when he mentions him killing blockbuster you know like i would have thought that would have triggered something but from a writing standpoint they couldn't keep on like doing telling the same story of nightwing like Losing it during a fight and then shaking it off like you can't do that every single issue unless you're adding something new to it or progressing it in some way. So I'll, you know, they do it. But yeah, I mean, PTSD. It's
0: yeah.
4: sometimes it hits
3: you, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, sure. um,
0: yeah, yeah. I think just anger kind of took over um, his feelings of worthlessness and guilt, uh, and so he really went after Firefly. But it was it was scary. It was scary how he was. It was almost Batman-esque. You know how Batman gets, like, really close to the edge? It, yeah. It's very much um, like that. And and then he gets shot. And I'm like, my gosh, how many times is Nightwing going to get shot? Oh, there goes my light. Um, uh it means It means it's 11 p.m. when that you light think, goes off.
3: You think that Dick's coming to, like, yell at you for Haley circus, and that's when the light went off?
0: That's interesting. I hope not. I hope not. But he can take a shirt off, and then he can yell at me.
3: Another naked friend.
0: Another naked friend. Those are actually my main two points there. Do you have any other thoughts on this part?
3: Uh, so continuity note for Nightwing because this is where Nightwing's continuity kind of goes all over the place. Because like this issue, like Nightwing is passed out and like he's bleeding from you know this bullet wound. How long do you think this injury lasts? Off the top of your head,
0: this injury. Yeah. Well, may I ask a clarifying question?
3: Absolutely.
0: Do you mean how long do we notice that he's having trouble because of it? Or how long is he like on bed rest before he goes off and fights?
3: Uh, the first one.
0: Okay. Because I remember when he got shot in the arm, he was like still doing all this stuff. How long do I think? Yeah. Well, because you're leading me to believe that it's it's going to be easily forgotten. And the next issue, he won't have a wound.
3: No, the opposite. This is... <gasps> um... Really? Yeah. He's, I'm glad um... to hear it. Ninewings going to be all over the place in ways that don't always make sense chronologically, but obviously he passes out the end of this issue. And then like the next issue, which is not part of war games, but it's like, you know, in an aftermath of war games, I don't think it's one of the epilogue issues. um, So I don't think, I don't think we're going to cover it, but like, you know, he's in the Batcave and it's implied that like, basically he went straight there after this and he's been, passed out for the events of war games. And he's learning about things that have happened since this issue of Nightwing. And then at the end of that issue, due to his guilt over Blockbuster, he leaves the Batcave and the Nightwing book goes on. Like for the next six issues of Nightwing, it's uh, Chuck Dixon and Scott. And uh, oh my gosh, the the co-writer I'm friends with him on Facebook. Um, I'm having a brain fart because it's late at night. Um, He, he co-wrote all the year ones with Chuck Dixon.
0: Oh, Scott Beatty
3: scott Beatty, yeah chuck dixon scott Beatty, and scott mcdaniel it's nightwing year one so nightwing we don't see dick rayson in the present day for those six issues and then it comes back there's a time skip he hasn't been nightwing for a while and he's like leader of like bloodhaven well i don't know if he's leader at that point but he's like in bloodhaven's mob undercover and he still has his crutches i think they even call him crutches as a nickname So, like, it's implied that, like, he passes out, he, you know, after making it to the Batcave, he wakes up and he leaves. But yet, during that hiatus, during that, like, time, he's in issues of Batman, including, like, Red Hood. And Red Hood will, like, reference, uh, like, the Red Hood storyline, meaning, like, where Jason Todd comes back. They reference, like, Dick's leg injury. You see him in, like, not crutches, but almost like, you know... A leg bandage, if I recall, I, I don't have it in front of me. So like someone listening is like, actually, this is how they dealt with the leg thing. But it's really weird because of the way that like Dick's presence is explained of him leaving the Bat family at the end of next issue to go to undercover and be in the Bloodhaven mob. There's no time for him to be in these other storylines in Batman while his injury is also happening. Yet he is. And then also, like, we do see him in one of the later parts of War Games, like waking up, telling Alfred, I'm going to go to the battle. But then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very messy period for Nightwing. Oh, and also, he's an outsider oh. during all of this. Oh, like, yeah. and, and they're dealing with drama, too, because, like, one of their members turned out to be an evil android. And uh, it, it, it was a mess.
0: <laughs> As comics are, I suppose.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that it lasted a bit longer. I guess I'll say are, my are question you covering
3: out. Nightwing month to month still now that Oracle's not going to uh, be in every...
0: oh she's not going to be in every I kind of like skim through things and find her and just okay. to keep up with the the storylines so it, it'll
3: be interesting the skim th- I mean and she'll be in Nightwing year one because like she's Batgirl and that's right
0: I think I'll save my question I hope I remember it about how Alfred found him because that was like how did he find him on that random fire
3: escape Not i mean i'm before. assuming that like there's like a tracker on him or did, did it yeah. say that
0: alfred found him oh he's the one who patched him up i'm and assuming that, that he
3: like i'm assuming that he like made it home between the issue somehow or something oh, I don't think or that's so. or that somebody brought him
0: oh well, we'll, we'll fact check you on that anything else on part three nope okay part four too many ghosts robin 131 writer bill will <laughs> what was that song Ooh. wait what was that starfire song
3: Ooh. Remember?
2: Oh, woo-do. Woo-do.
3: <laughs> on the mysterious yeah I, it was teen titans go like woo-do. the mysterious yes. side yes. of the voodoo uh,
0: that's, that's a cool doo. i'm gonna have to find what have that clip okay there's my reminder
3: it's okay it's it's from like it's from a story arc on teen titans go called yeah. five whole days where like okay. each episode is then on a deserted island mm-hmm. so if you need help googling it search for like teen titans go five okay. whole days yeah okay. i think I and i think the song's like the
2: mysterious side of the island <laughs> <laughs> oh man i remember I that mean, was for,
3: like it, for, one for of the our listeners. comic-con
0: uh yeah. songs.
3: Yeah, for the listeners, during one of the San Diego Comic Cons, we went to like a WB preview night where they like show you a bunch of WB episodes from like the upcoming seasons of things. And there was a Teen Titans Go episode, and Starfire sang that song, and we got a kick out of it.
2: Ooh, but that is the unexplored side of the island. Who can say what mysteries await us there? the mysterious side of the island. Woo-woo-doo, woo-doo, is where the mysteries lie. Woo-doo, woo-woo-woo, it is a different from my land. Woo-doo, woo-woo-woo, where marvels await the eye. Woo-doo, woo-doo. Shrouded in the mysteries, woo woo, do woo woo. Ancient treasures to discover, woo woo, do woo woo. So, passion and adventure awaits the brave of hearts. Woo do, woo do. But watch out! There's a shadow on that wall. Woo do, woo do, woo do, woo do, woo do. Ah <laughs> oh, well, anyways,
0: writer Bill Willingham, Penceword, Tom Derenick, Inker Robert Campanella, and color Sky Major. Robin finds the ravens again. I thought that they were dispatched before, but here we are, and engages in combat against them. Vicious and Pisolera make fun of him as he keeps talking to Oracle through the intercom. Robin kicks Vicious in the face, breaking her nose, and then he takes down Pistolera, disarming her in the process. Robin tells Oracle to call some police officers to his location to take the couple away. And as the police arrive, Robin leaves, asking Oracle if there's any other place where he can go. Oracle tells him about Trickster and Mr. Fun causing trouble elsewhere, and Robin gets going on his motorcycle. At that moment, Black Mask starts looking for Spoiler, Spoiler, following the trail blood left by her, and he finds her mask lying on the ground. Spoiler attacks Black Mask by surprise, and they start fighting again. Meanwhile, Oracle contacts Batman and asks him his location. Batman tells her that he is going back to Orpheus's office to start investigating the trail of Spoiler, who has disappeared. Batman asks Oracle about Robin, and she tells him that Tim is doing extremely fine, and maybe he is overcompensating after losing his friend at the school shooting wow they finally brought that back up but batman tells her that tim is fine and he dispatches oracle in a rude manner i didn't write that that was dc wikia oracle contacts robin and asks him what his current situation is and he replies that he is on a hot chase after trickster who leaves the car he is driving and starts walking in the air with his anti-gravity boots robin uses the bat rope to drag trickster down and after telling him about how dumb he is because he could have earned a lot of money for those boots. Robin Weaves trickster hanging from the bridge. In the meantime, spoiler is giving Black Mass a beating of his life. Black Mass is surprised to see the change in her attitude, reflecting upon her fighting skills. Stephanie tells him that because of his endless torture, she finally understands that this is not a game and she keeps beating Black Mass to a pulp. That was one of the dumbest things I read. I'm like, I don't think she ever thought it was a game. Why is that? Yeah, it that was so weird. I, I don't know who thought that was a good line. Robin is on his way to stop Mr. Fun, and Oracle tells him to take a break and stop overworking himself. Tim replies that he doesn't need a break and he is rude to her, just like his mentor. Robin gets to the cathedral and easily defeats Mr. Fun, after which he realizes that he must apologize to Oracle as she was only concerned about him and his safety man, Bat Jerk and Bat Jerk Jr. Stephanie finally gets the upper hand in the fight and sends Black Mask flying against a desk that breaks in half. Black Mask reaches for the drawer and picks up a gun, but Stephanie takes the weapon from his hand and gets on top of him with the gun pointing at his head. Black Mask urges Stephanie to pull the trigger, but she hesitates long enough to give Black Mask time to to reset, basically, rest and, and get a second wind. Stephanie can't shoot him because of all that Batman taught her. And in the end, Black Mask tells her that's why she will never win against him. Black Mask shoots Stephanie in the shoulder, telling her that she should have done that to him. Black Mass takes Stephanie near a staircase and kicks her down, leaving her completely unconscious. Black Mass reveals that he plans to torture her a bit more to learn all she knows about Batman, but now all he wants is to get Spoiler out of his sight. Black Mass reaches Spoiler and tells her to give Batman his thanks.
3: I, I thought he said that he was going to do that, but she took the fun out of it, and now he wants her out of the sight.
0: I would agree with that. Um, so this is Yeah, you know, DC,
3: I think that that's Nikita. the case where the... Where the recapper misremembered or like yeah, misinterpreted. Yeah. Because he
0: basically was like, you're you're done. You're no good to me anymore. So I think yeah. he's also done with the torturing. Black Mask reaches for her and tells her to give Batman his thanks for sending a weak, poorly trained child against him. Robin goes to Leslie's clinic and meets with his father on the rooftop of the building. Jack Drake is worried about his son, but Tim tells him that he decided to take a little break under one of Batman's lieutenant's suggestions. They share a moment in silence, knowing that they are in danger... During this time, obviously, and after a while, Jack is called back inside the building and Robin also has to go and they leave knowing that they care for each other. Okay. Mm -hmm -hmm. Uh, So first of all, I will say that Robin praises Stephanie and she's actually praised by Alfred for bringing light to Batman. But it's one of those situations where everyone's praising about her, but never to her directly. And Robin also admits or Tim that he resents her a little bit for taking his position. So I thought that was interesting. Do you do you agree with this or you felt like that was out of character?
3: I mean, I think that if you we, we, you read those issues of Robin, I think you said so, like we saw that he was kind of like mad about it, like they misunderstood each other. Like because the two of them have still not had a conversation since they would broken up except for like Tim called the back cave and she answered and like Tim made a snide comment, but like they have not had a full-on conversation. And when that happens, you create your own reality in your head of like what the other person is doing and what their motivations are. Um, that happens to me when I get in conflicts with friends, like until I hear their side of the story, like, you know, you have that paranoid part of you that jumps to conclusions. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's human to slightly like, be mad that like when he quit his ex-girlfriend took his job like if he wasn't a little resentful like it would almost be unrealistic if that yeah. makes sense
0: no i agree I, th- I think that this is absolutely correct i mean this is certainly something that i read yeah. into the character but i think the fact that he actually verbalizes it is, is pretty-
3: i mean i think that he admitted as much in previous issues as well like this doesn't feel like new information I I feel like it's, I feel like it's consistent with like what we've seen.
0: Yeah. I I just don't, I think we've only seen it. He's never like verbalized it. That's what I mean. So I, I, that, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all about any of this stuff. So here is where I said Oracle just makes good observations about Tim and, and Batman ignores them. And, you know, Oracle calls Batman a pompous jerk. But I feel like maybe we've already discussed the nuance of all this. So do we need to retread that particular situation about Oracle's concern and Batman's non-concern over Tim's behavior? The
3: only new thing I would say about it is, is that Batman could have handled the con- the conversation better. Yeah. You know, Oracle's heart is in the right place and i think I, but it's like what we said both of them are not operating at like their emotional best like because of the stressful situation so i will give them a little bit of allowance for that but like yes this is a discussion that could have had more empathy particularly from batman's part
0: yeah 100
3: empathy there's a lot of lack of empathy and uh yeah. some actions in this book
0: no doubt Okay, the, the Stephanie and Black Mask fight. So oh, this man. is something that of course we brought up in it would have been act 2 I suppose. What does what does the character gain or what does the representation of the character gain from having her have this like second wind and really beat him up?
3: It was a nice moment of triumph for her, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, it's like all undone by him, like, by him shooting her in the shoulder, making like more like sexist and predatory remarks towards her and throwing her down the stairs. They kind of like, that is like, that is the impression that you're left leaving the scene with, not like, oh, she got the upper hand on him or whatever. And because this was, you know, before she was revived a few years later, but this was supposed to be like the end of the character. This is not a good way for the character to go out this would be her final battle and her like you can say oh well it proves how strong she was because she didn't give in and shoot him but it's like you know you have like superman fighting doomsday when they both like throw the punch at each other superman goes down fighting or like batman defeating dark side very briefly before in final crisis and maybe those comparisons aren't fair because these are like the most iconic characters and most iconic deaths and stephanie is not like you know Batman or Superman but even still like if the intention was to kill Stephanie Brown here this is like not I mean at least she didn't get snuck up behind like Orpheus like uh, and like completely forgotten like Onyx is the only one that's like cares about Orpheus dying I feel like
2: and Stella
3: <laughs> and Stella yeah yeah. I think you said like oh man I'd love to see an Orpheus and Onyx like save when we were like covering act one and I was like oh
0: it's yeah, so no. sad. So I know. sad. Yeah. I,
3: had, I had to bite my tongue so much during act one. You're like, like Orpheus and Onyx, I hope they have a bright future ahead without blackness. But no, like, if the intention was to kill Stephanie to make her final battle be, like, this villain making, like, very predatory, like, sexist remarks towards her, throwing her down, and, like, torturing her again, That that that's excessive. Like, and again, I, I think I mentioned this when we did act one and act two, that this is, like not happening in a vacuum. Like we have identity crisis happening also where like Jean Loring is getting, you know, um, raped by uh, Dr. Light and stuff like that. Like we are, there is a lot of like misogyny um, and violence against women. I I, I guess that that's like almost the same thing or like, you know, but it might be redundant to say misogyny and violence, but you know what I mean.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: (sighs) I don't like, I mean, and even reading this in like 2004, 2005 whatever year it was i think i think we're still in 2004 at this point yeah even reading this then i was not a fan of them doing this to stephanie because i've been reading the characters since the 90s and it felt very mean it felt like she never got her moment of like redemption like the takeaway of the story is stephanie wasn't good enough and you know everything's her fault and Mm -hmm. you know she she does she never gets that moment to set things right or to like I don't
0: know. I yeah, because I love this that like she waited out for him. I don't know if she could have left and didn't because I mean, she ends up leaving at some point, but she like sticks around and is waiting for him and has a second win. But this quote is like one of the dumbest things I've ever read. You know, what's the reason? Let's see. If you'd fought this well last time, this is from Black Mass. If you fought this well last time, you wouldn't be in the shape you're in now. What's the reason? Get off the pain? And she said, no, it's because this time I finally realized realized my life's on the line. I finally understand what Batman couldn't teach me before. This isn't a game. I mean, did we ever think? Is that like a really superficial look at her that just because she was having fun and being a lighter element in Batman's world that she thought it was all jokes? Is this a bad read on the character? I was
3: not a fan of that, too. And like this is something that continues on with Stephanie. And like Michael Bailey even talked about this with you during like the single digits of your episodes when you guys were covering that first Brian Q. Miller run like there was this kind of narrative around Stephanie where they were treating her like this, like new hero that like, you know, like now Stephanie's in the big leagues. Now she's realizing that this isn't a game like that. That was something that they would do with her like every once in a while. But like, she's, I was not a fan of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh And then, you know, her hesitation, obviously it makes sense, but it—it it, it is interesting that, you know, she almost pulls a villain and monologues and that's how the, the villain gets the rest you know how normally like the villain monologues and the hero gets arrest now she's monologuing and mm-hmm. black master so that was because well, it's a
3: stalemate like she yeah. can't kill him she realizes she can't and that's i i don't think it's on purpose that it's character growth but it is character growth because she was willing to let villains die like in her earlier appearances she didn't kill them but like there would be issues where let like, like um there's an issue of robin where like uh the baffler which is like one of her dad's old henchmen He, like, ties her up, and there's, like, a building that's going to be, like, a implode construction site. And Stephanie's like, oh, can't we just leave him here? He was going to kill us. And then, like, Robin's like, every life matters, Stephanie, even his. She's like, okay. Now, granted, leaving someone to die is different than shooting them in the face. But even still, like, you see that she values life more now. And that was an early Stephanie appearance. That was, like, Robin issue, like, 40-something or whatever. Yeah, like be- yeah. before she and Tim were like dating even,
0: and that's a similar situation to Tarantula and Nightwing because Nightwing didn't pull the trigger, but he did walk away. Yeah. So and then yeah, just disposed of and like he he has no fun with her anymore, so he kind of just pushes her off. Uh,
3: it's very demeaning in, in ways that like if-, if I was Carolyn Coca, I could articulate him in, in a lot better ways.
2: Yeah, she should just, be like, writing in.
3: Yeah.
0: I should demand. Professor
3: Well, you're our only hope. I You should show her this page, you know, and be like, well, what do you think of this? Yeah. And she'd be like, Stella, I told you to lose my number.
0: Oh, that'd be so sad.
4: Um, are you surprised? <laughs> I told you that- not to text me on this. I
0: know, <laughs> seriously. Like, I've had enough of you. I don't care about you. I've pretended for years. It's too much for me. Are you surprised? We
3: love you, Professor C.
0: <laughs> are you surprised that? he doesn't kill her
3: i was relieved at the time because like i knew that like there was supposed to be another death before the end of this or like based on the internet so like when stephanie like lived through this i'm like oh maybe she'll get out of this you know storyline alive yeah and maybe the death will be somebody else
2: alas
0: alas and alack yeah And then finally with Tim and Jack on the roof, which I did like that scene, but is this, is this a stereotype of men just not being able to express their feelings?
3: Yeah. Yes. And no, Um, Tim and his dad have done the, I love you's to each other before. And like they have had an affectionate relationship. I think that this is just speaking more to like things are still very tense because Tim broke the promise He's being Robin again and him and Jack are adjusting to this new relationship because Jack does not like this, but he's like, I don't even know if accepting it's the right word, but he's like, you know, he's accepted that this is the way that it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think things are just awkward between them because of that. It's like, it's like a married couple after like, you know, a big seismic shift in the relationship or something, you know.
0: It's reminiscent of the Batman and Robin getting back together, and they don't say anything, and then they like shoot through grappling. Yeah. In the, in the previous act, is like these guys can't voice their feelings. It's kind of going been on
3: like here? that's kind of been a theme in War Games, but like Tim and his dad have been open about their feelings and affectionate before. It's and, and they've had a weird relationship because like initially he was more of an absentee father, and then after he got injured and Tim's mom died. Like, Jack was all, like, I'm going to be the father that I was always supposed to be. And then Tim kept on disappearing because of Robin's stuff. And Jack thought that he was running away and acting out in Teenage Rebellion. So, like, their relationship had a lot of ups and downs. Um, but they've, like, survived it together. And I, Jack is either already dead in Identity Crisis when this issue came out, or he's, like, about to be dead. Yeah. Because of, like, the way that publishing is, like, going. So...
0: Anything else on part four?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. When when Babs and Bruce are talking to Tim, like, they're like, oh, you know, one of Tim's classmates, uh, one of them says something like, at least nothing else bad is about to happen to Tim. And I was, like, reading that, thinking, like, his dad is about to die and his girlfriend's about to die. So, like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Aside from the Stephanie and Black Mask scene, this is easily the mo- one of the more superfluous chapters of War Games. Like, the black mask and Stephanie scenes are the only like important scenes of this chapter. All of this else could have been taken out. It's where I, I mean, you go to the whole padding thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I would always say potentially just seeing how Robin is acclimating because he's like, it feels so good to be back. So that would be the only thing I was like, OK, he's he's doing OK, because it was a bit like touch and go before Yeah. And, you know, in the previous one, he's like, I don't know if Batman's upset at me and now he's he's just doing much better. So that would be the only thing. But yeah, I I would agree with you. Okay, so nothing else on that.
4: Go for it.
0: Okay, so Josh and I are going to take a break because we're at the halfway point. Uh, When we come back, we will finish up act three with no blogs. And I think that's it. But first, it is Zayas' Radio Hour featuring Out of Your Mind by Mr. Wise. <clears throat> Twitter, which is now called X, I asked the people. So I said, as I wrap up War Games 2004 with uh, TV, Josh, I asked you, whose fault was it? Twenty percent said equal parts Batman and Steph. Twenty percent said mostly spoiler, and sixty percent said mostly Batman. Do you would you agree with that breakdown?
3: I mean, I said as much in the um, part one that it, it's Batman. <laughs> he made the War Games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm good because you know I'm biased. People know this about me, so I'm glad that other people are uh voicing <laughs> what I think without me having to like create multiple fake accounts on X and and oh
2: my uh, god <laughs> and
0: like, vote in. You know, or like one hey, account on X money. is hard enough. Like, yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah, should have paid a bunch I mean, of people if, to vote if, in.
3: If I built a killer robot and I gave our What's naked that? friend Donovan the keys yeah. to, to if I gave if I gave him the keys to my apartment I did not tell them about the killer robots and I let Donovan <laughs> in my apartment and he saw the killer robot he didn't know that it was going to kill people and he thought that he could impress me by activating it and I don't warn him and he activates it and that robot kills people who's responsible
0: I would say you are
3: Correct. I'm oh. that man. and that's because I cause because I built the robots. You built and it and
0: you did not warn him about it. Correct. But don't touch the killer robot. Yeah. Correct. Okay.
3: And I gave him access to the killer robot.
0: Why you do know. I have
3: a killer robot?
0: I don't know, but part of like 50% of Stella was like, Am I on drugs right now? And 50% <laughs> of me was like, this is just another Josh tale. Let's trying to follow it. <laughs> try to follow. <laughs> I mean, it's 11:30 at night. I was just like, okay, it's 11:30. It's,
4: it's
3: Both Stella and I have been up all day, so our yeah, brain, yeah, like it's. By the time that we deal with the epilogue, we're gonna be seeing like pink elephants. We're not
2: like... doing the epilogue. You need I... to listen to me. <laughs> we're not doing it. By
3: the time that we do the conclusion, we're gonna be seeing pink elephants and being yeah. like. When when Batman turned into the balloon, it was that like when Harold, you know, was like was right round.
0: Ooh, when Harold was right round.
3: I I did love the shirt, by the way.
0: Oh yeah,
3: I I, I saw that on Cookie Book.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, well we're at part five, flight risk, Batman Gotham Knights one fifty eight. Writer AJ Lieberman, penciler. Al Barrio Nuevo and Javier Piña and Inker Francis Portella and colours Brad Anderson tarantula leads her gang los araños away from the police until they reach an abandoned building where felix one of the gang's lieutenants decides to stop running and face the police tarantula tries to talk some sense into him but the police catch up with them and start shooting at the gang forcing them to get inside the abandoned building looking for shelter meanwhile at the gcpd headquarters the press and media are drowning (laughs) commissioner akins with questions That was very interesting Interesting about the current situation of the security in Gotham. However, since there hasn't been any single arrest or progress against the many gangsters in control of Gotham, Akins decides to leave the press conference and demand some results to all the members of the GCPD at all costs. He is then informed mm-hmm. about the current situation with Los Aranas and he sends a SWAT team to capture the small gang. As the SWAT team arrives, a bomb goes off just outside the building, hurting some of Tarantula's gang as well as some officers. The leader of the SWAT team calls for backup, and soon they start shooting at the windows of the building, killing one of Tarantula's men. They realize that the police aren't using rubber bullets anymore, and that they are in a really dangerous situation. At that moment, Black Mask walks the empty and destroyed streets of Gotham along with Killer Croc and Scarecrow. Black Mask—it's like a date. Black Mask reveals to them that his plans to take control of the entire city, but first he commands them to gather every person they can and take them to the north side of the city where he knows about a location that would grant him total control. Again, I don't understand his speech in the amphitheater saying, I don't need you I'll build a new army when he just gathers that same army later on. Back in the abandoned building, the GCPD uses a rocket launcher and shoots the building, destroying the main entrance and causing some of the structure of the building to collapse. Felix falls down and Tarantula tries to help him. A police helicopter hovers over the hole left by the rocket and they spot Tarantula, who is trying to call Batman using the intercom, which of course she drops. The sniper shoots, causes the radio to drop to the ground. Tarantula jumps to reach the radio just as a large number of police officers enter the building. Tarantula takes the radio and climbs to upper floors as the police shoot at her relentlessly batman is back in orpheus's office looking for clues about spoiler's location and thinking about a way to stop the war that he designed oracle contacts batman and tells her to check every surveillance camera in the city and find spoiler oracle finds her and notices that she doesn't look good well that's the understatement of the year batman gets to her location and takes spoiler who is bloody wounded and completely wasted into his arms where her last words before passing out are i just wanted to help Tarantula calls again for Batman while she leads the gang to the rooftop. But instead of Batman, it is Oracle who answers her. Tarantula explains the situation to Oracle and she tells her that Batman is busy at the moment. Meanwhile, Commissioner Akins is told about the progress in the capture of Tarantula and the gang Los Araños. And his desire to take control of the city takes him over as he sends the entire police department to deal with the situation. Batman takes Stephanie to Leslie Tompkins' clinic. And asks her to save the young girl. Leslie admits that it might be hard to do since spoiler is badly injured. Stephanie wakes up and asks about Orpheus and Batman tells her that he is dead. She feels guilty for everything that has happened. And Batman admits that everything that has happened is nobody's fault, but his at that moment, Oracle contacts Batman. Look at that. Owning it. Contacts Batman. Batman agrees t- with our yeah, I Can not believe it? And tells her that Tarantula needs a lot of help since she and her gang are completely surrounded by the entire GCPD. Can you tell me whether this moment when Batman brings Stephanie into Leslie's clinic, that Leslie knew she was going to kill her.
3: Oh, you know about that.
0: I do know it's Leslie.
3: Okay. I didn't know that you knew about, but
0: that. I don't know. I don't want details. Okay. But do you they, think at
3: this it, well, moment, there so, she yes, knew? Cause there, Cause there is more details. Like, like there is more to the story. So there's still going to be new stuff that you find out on more. crime. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because that kind of surprised me when we were reading Act 1 or 2 because there's a scene in Act 1 or 2 where Leslie is doing something and you don't find out why she was doing it. The baby thing, yeah. The baby thing. And I was like, oh, because that was just a non-set... That was just like a setup for war crimes at the time. You find out what she was doing in war crimes and I'm like, wait, how did she know that she was going to kill Stephanie even back then? Because like, Huh. Or was she just counting on Stephanie to die? So Yeah. Yes, Leslie knew based on stuff that you're gonna find out in war crimes. Okay. I did not know that that was uh when did you find out about that? Because I you gave me the impression that you didn't know based on some of your notes and things.
0: I think just people always with like Steph being killed, people will follow up immediately with Leslie killed her.
4: Okay. And yeah. that's
0: very bad. But I just wonder, like, so she because it's it makes Leslie out, I mean, to be really bad. If she is looking at Steph, she's coming and yep. she's thinking to herself, I can fix her, but she's now saying this lie like she might not make it because she's gonna kill her. So that's what I was wondering. If is is it that bad? Or does she just like doesn't tend to you'll like
3: find out it? more? Like there, there there's there's some retcons wrapped up in retcons wrapped up in retcons, but like if we're to go by like what she says in war crimes then this was planned before stephanie even came in somehow because leslie was looking at the baby names and you find out you find out what the significance of the baby
0: obviously
3: you know that it has something to do with stephanie's baby you know that yeah yeah like like that i mean you have to (laughs) obviously you know that but you don't know how that connects. So when yeah. I saw that, I was very confused in act one or two and I did not know how to articulate that because I was like, huh, because this is my first time reading it since I've read War Crimes sure. where like they did all that.
0: You can look so, that, yeah, in Yeah. Okay. I just wondered like how how bad is this going in? Uh, um, I mean, yeah. it's
3: it ruins Leslie Tompkins' character until they, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know it's undone because Stephanie's alive now and Leslie Tompkins is friends with the bat family again now. So
4: the
0: Stephanie thing like that, she's missing. And when people know she's missing and the action to find her is, I think this is also an inconsistency because remember Batman found a purple Cloth. And yeah, he,
3: he and Black mask were talking about. Yes, yeah, and,
0: and she's like, and he said, "No, I'm sure she's still alive, but I'm confused. I guess he just had better things to do." And, and was so that in the off. same
3: setting? Was that in the same? Place? That was in
0: his office. Yeah, that was in so Orpheus's like, like place of residence. Yeah, so he had so, to go so, back so, to find it.
3: So he finds out again, like, oh, spoiler was here, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we we knew this, and, they're and like, yeah, well, too.
0: And why wouldn't he have asked Oracle to look for her then?
3: I think he's trying to keep the Stephanie thing to as few people as possible. Okay. That's interesting. Because you notice, like, he doesn't tell a lot of people that it was Stephanie that did the war game. He, like, tells, like, his allies it was him.
0: True. Yeah.
3: He he has not told everyone that it's Stephanie. I think he's trying to keep a lot of the Stephanie stuff close to the chest.
0: Did... I mean, I said, geez, did Batman care for Orpheus any more than just a pawn in his plan? I'm trying to find the quotes and how he now he's dead. The one person I needed to make the plan work is gone. Orpheus, everything starts with Orpheus uh, and everything was going to end with him. Without him, I have nothing. I mean, it's like, do you care about the man or is it just what the man can do for you? What do you this
3: was? This was one of the things that wasn't executed. Well, yeah, because like it's. Is Batman sad about Orpheus? I'd like to think that he is, but we're not seeing those thoughts. And even like a line of dialogue from Oracle, like, "Oh, you're like you're you're being too driven right now." I think that you're taking Orpheus. I think that you know you need to be with Orpheus's death, and that's why you're acting that. Like, even a line like that would have gone a long way. But yeah, they kill like one of the only people of color in the Bat family at this time, and his death is immediately overshadowed by Stephanie, who her death was like another quagmire of its own. So it's (laughs) like, let, let me count the ways, but yes, um, this is another thing where number one, like a more thorough editor could have like caught the tracking Stephanie's like, you know, in Orpheus's office, like two separate acts like could have caught. And also somebody sitting down saying we should really have Batman being upset about Orpheus's death. And even like after all this is said and done, like there's not really a lot of moments to grieve for Orpheus. Like it's all about Stephanie. It's all about like the gang war. It's all about it's it's a really sad end for the character.
0: For sure, yeah, just discarded there. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like Batman thinks of him as a person. It's just like how how can I use him? Which I mean, Batman does use people. I mean, this is something that yeah. Cass has brought up to him recently. I don't know if this is the worst example of it, but it, it's pretty darn bad.
3: There should have been like something, like some sort of course correction, like a few issues later of Batman, you know, visiting Orpheus. I don't know if Orpheus has a family, but like visiting like, you know, wherever his family is in the world, if he has like a cousin or something, or like yeah. share, or like talking about Orpheus in the Batcave, like, you know, if the gang war's over. Let's take a moment to remember the man who like gave his life as he was, like, slack-killed from, like, behind. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. I will say that this is very... I mean, the scenes with Batman and Steph are very touching. I mean, the fact that he's, like, hugging her, which I feel like is the first time that he's ever hugged Stephanie. Because he hugged put, Cass. But.
3: Yeah. I put in my notes, almost perfect. Yeah. Almost perfect. Because he says almost everything that he needs to be saying to her, which is, it's not your fault. It's yeah. not this. Like... The one word that he doesn't say is sorry.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. And and I um, yeah, I've talked a lot probably on this podcast and other things just about apologies and things like that. Yeah. Um, But what do you think about this quote, though, Stephanie, everything you've done, everything you've been through, the city owes you. And so do I.
3: I think it's what she needed to hear in that moment. And I think maybe he meant I think it's clumsily worded in the context of the situation that they're in. Yes like the war games but um yeah i know. I think i think he just means like her entire time as spoiler and robin like what she's done like for the city in all that time he's okay, like okay. that's his way of saying like you have been a value to the city and my mission yeah because she's beating herself up like and she did the war games because she thought that like she had yeah. to prove herself and it's in. It's not him saying you don't need to prove yourself you already did, but it's like it's saying it in so many words like the city owes you and so do I. He's saying what he should have said to her in the Batcave all those months ago and there would never would have been a War Games. Yeah. Like I said, it's almost perfect. It's not quite there, but it's like, you know, it's it's a lot better choice of words than what he's been saying. The Barbara and my friends recently.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, I mean, they, the city does owe her, but not in a good way for, <laughs> for all that went down. Also, this guy at hospitals, I mean, he's she clearly has a head injury and he's like <laughs> putting his hand on her injured head. He didn't I have mean, a
3: joker card, he, he had, yeah, I know. Something.
0: Let me drop that right or something from uh, clue master or something. Do you feel <laughs> like Commissioner Aikens? is somewhat corrupt and maybe unethical. Maybe there's another term that you'd like to use. And he's more concerned about public opinion and getting a win in any way necessary.
3: I think the book is playing it that way because like, you know, as a reader, you don't want like Batman's opponents to seem like they're making too much sense. Cause you really can't be rooting against Batman. Yeah. And they later write him off commissioner Akins, like after the one year later time skip, like they say like, Oh, there was corruption. And and Commissioner Ankins, so he's yeah. gone now, and now Gordon's back. So, okay, but they, they don't really go into detail of, like, what that was. Yeah, he has his failings, I'm sure, but he made a whole lot of sense in the first two acts of the story. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I know, and
0: then he just went.
3: He, he made more sense than the guy saying, all right, I'm going to need you 50 cops to arrest those 400 men inside that coliseum. Yeah, Just wait for my signal. I'm not going to tell you what the signal is, but just wait for it.
0: (laughs) And now kill anyone with a mask.
3: And uh, I know that you're used to using bullets because you're cops and you're legally allowed to do that and you're trained for it, but you're going to use rubber bullets this time. Well, they're using real ones and there's 400 of them and 50 of you. I count on you, but remember, wait for my signal, signal that I'm not going to tell you what it is. Also, I screwed this plan up. That's not my guy. I just walked you all into a trap. But you should listen to me and not your commissioner.
0: You should have written that. (laughs) Uh, Anything else on part five? Okay. Part 6, Ground Zero, Backroll 57. Writer Dylan Pens for Mike Huddleston, anchor Jesse Delberdang, colorist Jason Wright. Arturo Rodriguez reports on the gang war live in the streets for WBGK Action News with his cameraman, Charlie. May he rest in peace. The anchor Chet asks him questions, and Arturo says that it has developed into a violent free-for-all. Rodriguez announces that this is the fault of Batman who is now doing more harm than good. Oracle tells Batgirl that Onyx needs her help. Oracle asks if Batgirl has noticed any kind of pattern to the random gang violence, which is starting to feel more disciplined. Onyx has been captured by henchmen working for Killer Croc. Their leader, Jaws, is beating her for information about Croc's disappearance. Onyx manages to break free and fight her captors again, but they subdue her with a baseball bat to the head. Surprised she survived that honestly. They decide to ask her where Batman is instead. Batgirl arrives and takes on the entire gang single-handedly. Jaws puts a gun to Onyx's head, but Onyx kicks him and takes down the guards holding her. Backrow uses a battering to stop Jaws pulling the trigger and Onyx punches him out. Onyx warns Batgirl that something has changed and somebody is taking control of the situation. The gangs begin working together. Gangsters in the Escobedo cartel, Ghost Dragons, and Odessa Mob all respond to orders telling them to meet up at Gotham Central. I don't know why they're listening, but let's just go along with it. They worry that it might be a trap, but they have nothing to lose. This is just like the 12-cent fir- the t- the adventures that are like all gathering. They're like,
2: well, let's gather. It'll yeah. be great.
0: There is a massive shootout with the police, and the gangsters force the police to retreat. Black Mask casually strolls through the chaos until he spots Arturo Rodriguez. Black Mass tells Rodriguez that he is a fan of his work and offers to give them an exclusive scoop. Arturo and Charlie are terrified, but they go along with it because... They don't have a choice. Black Mass announces on live television that he is the undisputed absolute crime lord of Gotham City. He declares that Batman is a public menace and a lawbreaker, equally as bad as the city's criminals. Black Mass says that he has summoned the entire criminal population of Gotham to witness the end of an era as Batman falls and Black Mass rises. He leads Arturo and Charlie to Gotham Clock Tower, which he mistakenly believes to be the Batcave. Oracle realizes that oh, they're right outside her lair and are about to discover. Her horrified, horrified. Okay. Oh boy. Let's see here. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like so on a broken record. Just that you know, in part one, Black Mask said he was going to gather a new army, but why is he continuing to work with the gangs that were already assembled? I don't know that we have an answer. Does this prove Batman's plan is right? That it would work? It's just now Black Mask instead of Orpheus.
3: No, no, this plan is dooms like but black mask has united the gangs he thought that the cops were gonna arrest them in the coliseum that was never gonna work
0: (laughs) but black mask has united the gangs that that was batman's plan all along unite them under one person
3: okay and and then what do you do well what's the next part of that plan batman just yeah. have Orpheus be crime. I mean, it's.
0: I don't know. I don't know it, what the second it, part it, was.
3: No, no. This is. I I am not justifying this stupid bleep plan.
2: <laughs> 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 bleep! I should
0: hopefully I can remember where your bleeps are and put in real. I'm, I'm bleeping
3: myself, so like, I you know self
0: bleeped. Well, okay. I just want. I wondered if the plan worked because. Black mass, but okay. Well, I
3: if you want to justify jerks I you know, don't like, want to. Plan I that don't involved want a to. school shooting and like <laughs> and like a power outage at like no. the, the the coliseum. Like what yeah. in the world? I, yeah,
0: I don't know. I and like multiple oh.
3: allies of his dying. I mean, that wasn't part of the plan, but like
0: yeah. no, yeah. I would like to see a, since there's not going to be an Orpheus Onyx team up, a row Onyx team up limited series. Is this possible?
3: Maybe like 15 years, actually, probably not even 15 years ago because of like, you know, the way that like wait, a series about two women, like, you know, you can barely get a series about one. With, I yeah. mean, yes, we have Birds of Prey, but that's like, it's almost like. They feel like, well, we already gave you birds of prey. Why do you need another one? Like, just considering how. Don't ask
0: for too much. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, that many girls. Like, you know, like, whoa, what do you think this is?
0: Estrogen circus. I don't know. Uh, And final question for Uh, me. To
3: be fair, I don't know how many female-led series there were at DC back then versus now.
0: Was man going on at this time?
3: I don't think so, but I could be wrong.
0: Wasn't then? There were only two thousands. How did he find the clock tower question mark?
3: ah okay so um do you think it's steph it's, under torture no no oh
0: you have an answer
3: yeah i have an answer that you um, have an
0: answer that was on the page and i missed it
3: I, it was on the page and, and you forgot about and i forgot about it too until i reread <laughs> I it, about
0: it. Like, okay yes please like because remember
3: hush had information for him about the location oh. of the back cave that's what this was
0: how does hush know about the clock tower not the back cave but, or I mean, does he know about the Batcave but wants to say that for himself and so gives him I'm wondering,
3: question. like, I asked myself that question following up. I'm like, maybe, like, Hush doesn't know that the Bat because it's not like Hush was, like, down in there. But also, he had a tracker in Batman's skull. So, like, he must have known that the Batcave existed. Um, I yeah. think it's, yeah, he wanted to say that for, and he wanted to cause chaos and mess for with himself. Batman. Yeah. Interesting. Um well, and I guess you. if you if you ha- he had the tracker in Batman's skull and he had oh and Harold um not now not not Harold your friend from <laughs> you know
0: Yeah not right Ron but Harold the the worker
3: Yeah right like he had Harold as, as his mole on the inside uh, so Harold knew everything okay. Interesting So like he would have yeah so he definitely knew about the back because of Gosh. Harold like um so and Harold probably told him about the clock tower and even if he didn't know about the clock tower if you know that Barbara Gordon is Oracle, like her address and where her fake business is is all a matter of public record, so.
0: Yeah. So these are all coming out in a month. This these acts are like basically we're we are recording these episodes of this podcast as if almost real time, right? Like yeah. all the books for one month. But we have forgotten these details. I mean, is this Is there a fault? Is it like, is the reader's fault that they're not catching on these details or the details too minor?
3: I think it's because of the way that we consume these comics now versus how we, how we would have consumed them in 2004.
0: That's interesting. How how would you say we're consuming them now versus then?
3: We're reading. I mean, I don't know how you're reading them, but I I'm doing each act in one sitting. And when you do an act in one sitting, you leave details as opposed to if you're reading this week to week. And waiting, like, a month and week to week and stuff like that. I
0: would say I would lose more details reading it back in 20, 2004. So this is... Because there's be so much a gap of time.
3: So this is, this is a conversation I've had with people about, like, binge TV culture. That, like, when I, like, watch a Netflix show, like, Orange is the New Black or something, because there's, like, a year between seasons, you, like, watch the season for, like, a week. And you live in it during that week. But then, like, you have 11 months where, like... You're not living in it in your day to day head. You're not doing theories. So you forget a lot of subplots when the series comes back and they like silly come back to you. Whereas, like a show that I used to watch week to week, which would have been like Smallville, because you're watching it week to week, you're living with the show for like 10 months, like a year or nine months, whatever it is. And you're sharing theories with other people and stuff like that. And that kind of keeps it fresher in your head. I think we're doing this more like binge TV where we're doing it in like one sitting. And then you and I are also doing like a gazillion different things Now, and granted, this is like a mega crossover with like a lot of threads going at once. Yeah. And Hush was barely in this thing. I did not remember Hush because when you said, oh, did Hush have a role in this? And I said, I don't think so, because I didn't even remember Hush being in this until I reread it. And the reason why I didn't remember him being in this is because he literally barely showed up. Yeah. He just like showed up because it was Gotham Knights and he was in Gotham Knights and he gave that information to Black Mask. So interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: well, fool on me for not knowing.
3: No, I mean, it's it's easy to myth because I forgot about how she even being in this. So,
0: yeah. Anything else on part six?
3: um, One note I had is I love the opening splash page. And another thing that I like is I love the cliffhanger of, like, they found the clock tower, and I think it's the back. Like, I thought that that was a cool, like... With the like, TV?
0: This splash page?
3: Wait. And this, there, there's, like, a splash page at the beginning of Batgirl, is there not?
0: That was? With the TVs?
3: No, nah, Like, keep going. Because, you know, sometimes there's, like, an intro... Maybe I meant something else, but I remember I put. Either way, I do love the the end of the issue finding like we found the back cave and it's the, like that's like a real like this is raising the stakes. This is going to have consequences. Like ending that I thought was cool, and I know that Oracle's going to warn Batman, and he's going to let her finish her sentence and immediately like re. Oh poor Oracle! Yeah.
0: Poor Oracle indeed. My yeah, yeah. I know. Seriously, talk about. Men interrupting women. Uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so then part seven: multiple fronts. Catwoman, thirty-six. Writer Ed Brubaker, penciler Paul Guelesi, inker Jimmy Palmiotti, colors Lori Cronenberg. Catwoman runs across Gotham City looking for a spoiler under Batman's instructions. Don't understand. She realizes that the situation is only worsening by the minute as the criminals take control of the city. And now the police are also attacking vigilantes. However, when she reaches the docks, she finds a dozen dead cops and Zeiss standing among them. Batman is on his way to help Tarantula and he contacts Commissioner Akins to tell him to call his men off and stop chasing Tarantula and her people. Akins replies that he's not taking orders from him anymore. I mean, he shouldn't in at any point, and that if he tries to interfere in the captured tarantula, he will have his men shoot Batman as well. Meanwhile, Black Mass has gathered all the Gotham underworld around the Gotham Clock Tower, claiming that it is Batman's secret lair, the Batcave. Reporter Arturo Rodriguez is broadcasting the events live, and Black Mass forces him to go all the way with him. Inside the tower, Oracle transfers all her data into a satellite and empties her record files from her main system. She realizes that all the criminals in Gotham are storming her headquarters, and when some of them get inside, Oracle activates all the traps in the place, stalling most of the thugs. Black Mass knew that the place would be heavily guarded, and he allowed the lesser criminals to go first. The Red the red Church, is that what they call them in Star Trek? After the first <laughs> set of traps are discovered, Black Mass steps inside along with Rodriguez, his cameraman, and Scarecrow. At that moment, Catwoman is fighting Zeiss for the second time, and she is feeling more confident this time than she was on their previous encounter. The match is fairly even and both opponents land perfect hits to the other. Just then Batman arrives at Tarantula's location and finds that she and her gang are trapped in the rooftop, surrounded by almost the entire GZBD. Oracle contacts Batman and tries to tell him about her dire situation, but he's too busy to listen. Batman uses the bat rope to take down one of the helicopter's uh, lights, and he reaches Tarantula's location, after which he uses some smoke pellets to create a distraction that allows him to move from the spotlight. As more police arrive at the scene, Batman asks Oracle for some schematics of the place, but she's completely unable to help. <sighs> and when she tries to explain why, Batman is forced to cut communication when several armed officers try to get on the rooftop. Batman comes up with a plan and leads Tarantula and her gang through an escape route. During these moments, Black Mask keeps getting deeper into the tower, and after a few minutes, the police realizes that Batman, Tarantula, and the gang have escaped the place. Catwoman and Zeiss keep fighting relentlessly, and after a while, Zeiss delivers a hard elbow hit to her face, taking her down. Catwoman then uses a flash grenade that Batman gave her in case she faced Zeiss again. Oh, the how convenient the grenade causes Zeiss's vision to go blurry. And without his special ability, he is defenseless against Catwoman's attacks. Black Mask reaches the last defense mechanism of the tower, which consists of a chamber full of lasers. Black Mask thinks that the only solution is to overload the system. And he grabs Scarecrow and tosses him into the lasers. Uh, I don't know how he's not. (laughs) How is he not like chopped to pieces? But he's burned. In the well, process because ba-
3: Barbara's not trying to murder people.
0: That's true, I suppose. But d- it does damage the system enough to walk past that chamber. Black Mass then takes the camera from the cameraman and tells Rodriguez to stay out as he's going in to find out for himself what is inside the Batcave. Oracle tries to keep her defenses up, but the overload damaged the system and her whole power is down, leaving her completely unprotected. At that moment, Black Mass enters the main room, finds her, and mocks her presence, calling her a quote unquote bat secretary. Catwoman finally defeats and chains Zeiss in the docks or to the docks. She feels good after the battle and admits that Zeiss is a tough opponent. Catwoman then calls Oracle to get some police at the docks to take away Zeiss for good. But when there is no reply, Catwoman realizes that something is very, very wrong. Batman, Tarantula, and her gang get out to the main street through the sewer system far away from the danger zone. Batman commands Tarantula to lead her gang away and keep them safe. However, he is distracted when he notices black mask on a nearby television. Well, the criminal is broadcasting himself live from what he calls the Batcave. Okay. Question number one. Why is Catwoman looking for spoiler when she's already been found?
3: Catwoman didn't read the rest of Act Three. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know how much of that silence is going to be there in the final thing, but like... (laughs) (laughs) There was just like just, a beat of Stella and I staring at each other. I was like, look, yeah, no,
0: I. Other guests have experienced I mean, how, me just staring how, how at would, them in displeasure. Huh?
3: How would she know? Like you know, bat Batman didn't tell her.
0: But Batman told her to look for spoiler.
3: Yeah, but he, didn't tell, he this,
0: didn't tell her that he found. Is this Batman, or is this writing inconsistency?
3: Both. <laughs> Stella is shaking to, to the people yeah, listening. Yeah, I'm shaking
0: my watching, head. It reminds Stella is, me Stella of is
3: shaking her head.
0: <laughs> a classic line from, I believe, Justice League Unlimited. I think it was Supergirl said to Superman, like, "Does it ever shape, uh straddling both sides of that fence, like you do?" Uh, I think it was like the first episode. With oh, me, whatever. <laughs> and so I ask you that: Do you have some shaping issues because of the fence that you're straddling? No, I,
3: I think that, like I said, like <laughs> Batman didn't tell, like, is that inconsistent writing? Yes, it is. But it's also in character for Batman to be like, go ahead, find her. And then Batman and then Catwoman, to look and Batman to not be like, oh, yeah, yeah. We found her like six hours ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Le- Le- Les- Leslie's currently like lighting her body on fire right now. She'll be fine. Like
0: OK. OK, so the big thing, big point of contention here is... Why doesn't Batman let Barbara finish speaking?
3: The in story, the okay, so the real world explanation is for drama to like you know, to like to pad this story out to like build suspense. The real in universe reason is it's because Batman is arrogant and he thinks he knows best, and it's consistent with everything that's happened like in war games so far, like you know. I don't know. I <sighs> I don't know why she couldn't just like also call, well, she can't call him Nightwing. He's like leaning out in like yeah. Wayne Manor. But like any of the other people that would have like let her finish. but like because as we see in the next part, the second that Batman finds out, he's like, "Okay, I need everyone like to get over here like right now."
0: What do you I mean, what are you doing that? So, I mean, let's let's take a time out from the comics. And in real world, I I do get interrupted a lot okay Mm -hmm. and so now i've just like in the past year or so i just like i continue to talk i continue to talk continue to talk over them and like then you know and and even you and i have like had some overlapping things in this episode
3: and that's just podcasts in general
0: sometimes yeah it's very true very true um it's not like any you know they're they're being intentionally uh, rude or anything but i mean should she have just like yelled at him and kept going
3: with a situation this dire yes Okay. I, I I would say because this, this this was dire, yeah. and once Batman found out about it, he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we all got to get here right now." So like, yeah, this was a priority.
2: Interesting. You know, I mean, it, yeah.
3: Uh, and obviously, like, this is the DC universe, so we have to ignore. Yeah. We have we have to ignore the fact because like the story would have no drama if you can just call the Flash or Superman to like get there in two seconds. Mm-hmm. But, like, realistically, Barbara can call the Flash or Superman. But we have to, like, pretend that she can't because this is a Batman family crossover. Yeah. I mean, and we could say that Superman's away on a space mission and that the Flash is on a mission as well. So, like, yeah. th- there's reasons. Like, she has other people she could call. Like, the whole of DC course. universe will show yeah, up for absolutely. her.
0: absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of them also know that it's Batman City. And so they kind of stay away from it because they don't want to... <laughs>
3: well and the problem <laughs> is it would make the in. situation worse because like well okay it would save barbara but like this guy says that he's that he's found the back cave so if like superman and the flash immediately show up then people watching on tv are going to be like oh there there might be something to this like this might be an important place like for superheroes yeah
0: it's funny because I, I just started a romance book and so like this A roommate was saying to his roommate, you know, oh, my twin. And then the other room was like, you have a twin. I didn't know about that. And then she later finds out that it was a sister. So it's like very dramatic. So it just reminds me of this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's like, you didn't tell me. And then he said, that's why I told you not to interrupt anyone. Okay. Well, I find this, that final scene, actually very scary that Black Mask is in front of Barbara
3: considering and and I it didn't strike me as scary at the time because like as a reader I didn't feel like Barbara was in danger but like now in the context of like yeah he's been making misogynistic comments this whole time and what he did to Stephanie I could see how and then when you remember the killing joke it's like yeah this this is very uncomfortable
0: yeah who the hell are you supposed to be girl the bat secretary Mm -hmm. I'm
3: the girl from Ghostbusters the one that the one that answers the phone like yeah. that's costas
0: yeah no more comments i think for me anything else for you on part seven?
3: But, oh, yeah the only thing i put was like throwing scarecrow which i thought was funny <laughs> like and that made me laugh
0: yeah it's just like so just pick him up well he had it, to it reminds the me of he had to
3: it reminds me of uh harley quinn season one at the very end like joker like just kills scarecrow randomly because he's like mad at him well because scarecrow unmasks batman and it, like, gets Joker mad because, like, he's like, no, I didn't want to know who he was. And he just immediately, like, puts acid on Scarecrow's skull and, like, Scarecrow, like, instantly dies. And y- y- you've, you've probably seen the clip because everyone shared it on Twitter because then, like, Joker goes up to Bruce Wayne and he says, Wayne Tech promised me an electric car. I put down a deposit years ago. Where's my electric car, Bruce? <laughs>
0: oh gosh yeah i heard from the good professor that the first season or the first episode of this new season, which i haven't seen so don't spoil it it's a very funny nightwing scene
3: nightwing's butt is like a reoccurring like plot thread this entire you get a lot of Nightwing butt um
0: (laughs) that's what i love to hear that's what i love
3: to hear yeah if you ever wind up watching because you're you're like this is season four now like i'm caught up oh you are
0: yeah, remember I oh my gosh. We even talked about the Valentine's Day episode where I was like, Why Bane reminds me of me. And they're like, <laughs> I hope he doesn't remind you of you too much because of what Bane does in the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah.
2: But it's what he
0: was like complaining about people's poor grammar on dating apps. I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Like, why do people say
2: anyways? Anyways.
3: <laughs> I like it when he says like, like his his turn-ons, like the later seasons of The Office, and Harley's like,
2: oh, what was with
3: that show? Like, he likes the episode. Oh, it was worse than this Valentine's Day where I missed the office where Jim went to Tallahassee to see Robert California. Oh gosh! So <laughs> oh,
0: yes, I can't wait for that.
3: It's it's been an interesting new season with a okay. and a lot of Nightwing, but a lot of Nightwing.
0: Can't wait! Can't wait. my hands not, up.
3: Just listening to the audio podcast and not watching the video, you are missing a lot.
0: Yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> what Stella just did? I'm not. Even,
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to narrate it. Like, yeah. like, You'll Just you're, have to no wonder. Yeah, you all just have to go to YouTube. Like, yeah, people who are who writing knows. down their timestamps right now. Yeah.
4: Like,
0: uh, okay, well, part eight, no going back. For some reason, the synopsis is like three pages long. So. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like not that much happened. But, boy, I'll speed through it. Okay, no going back. Batman 633, writer Bill Willingham, penciler Kinson Lowe, inkers Aaron Soud, Rodney Ramos, and Adam De Craker, or Cracker, hmm, Cracker, I don't know, and colorist Tony Avina. Black Mass continues his live broadcast from inside the Gotham clock tower and the whole city is watching. He shows the rest of the world that he has invaded and taken control of the Batcave, though he is absolutely incorrect. Of course, nobody dares to tell him the truth. He shows on camera that he and several other crooks working for him are holding Barbara Gordon, who keeps a defiant attitude towards them as a hostage. And he sends a message to Batman challenging him to come and save the girl or otherwise he will kill her. Batman was watching the message after rescuing the gang, Las Arañas, and he calls the Batmobile to his location and then proceeds to call all the members of the team and summons them to Oracle's whereabouts. When the vehicle arrives, Batman gets inside and tells Tarantula to come with him and they travel fast towards the meeting point. A few minutes later, the GCPD has established a perimeter around the clock tower and several other civil servants are within the boundaries along with reporters and onlookers, The members of the GCPD are unsure how to proceed, and they know that the vigilantes will appear anytime soon. The leader of the police force tells them that they have to target only the members of the organized crime. However, this changes soon after a phone call by Akins, who gives the order to arrest all the criminals and vigilantes alike and authorizes GCPD to use deadly force if necessary. On a nearby rooftop, Robin, Onyx, Batgirl, Catwoman are joined by Batman and Tarantula. Batman gives them instructions to let the police take care of all the regular criminals and take down any metahuman or super criminal that starts causing trouble. Meanwhile, Batman takes a secret route into the Gotham clock tower. At that moment, our fellow reporter... Arturo Rodriguez starts walking towards the exit of the clock tower, and on his way, he comes by the unconscious bodies of the criminals that Black Mass gathered as part of his master plan. Rodriguez manages to get outside and tells the police officers that his cameraman Charlie, may he rest in peace, is still inside and the officers tell him that they are trying their best to rescue him. Minutes later, Black Mass asks Charlie, the cameraman, if the camera is recording automatically, or if it needs him to make it work, and Charlie tells Black Mass, foolishly, that the camera is set to record automatically and Black Mass shoots him in the head, killing him since he doesn't need him anymore using charlie's body as a tripod black mask keeps his live broadcast going on and he sends all of his henchmen to deal with any possible intruder that might try and stop his plan black mass then turns his attention on barbara and approaches her in a threatening way until a big explosion tears down one of the walls and all of his henchmen come through the hole in the wall falling unconscious to the ground black mass is shocked and before he can react batman comes crashing through one of the walls and delivers a strong kick to black mass face as the final confrontation begins
3: thank goodness batman didn't stop at the gas station because that that was looking very bad for barbara yes
0: Right at that moment, Scarecrow recovers consciousness and remembers the pain and agony that Black Mass put him through. With thought of revenge, Scarecrow transforms into the biggest wtf moment of this entire thing the scare beast once again and starts looking for a black mask his search takes him to the exit of the building where several police officers are terrified at the sight of this monster and they start shooting at random killing some of their own members right that girl and the others get sight of scare beast and decide that they must help but since the police are after them as well they could risk being attacked Robin gets an idea and tells him to attack as soon as he creates a distraction. Just outside the building is a mobile bat cave with Alfred and Nightwing inside. Alfred has just finished healing Nightwing's bullet wound on his leg and Nightwing already wants to get out and help the others, but his attempt is quickly dismissed by Alfred who threatens him with injuring his other leg if he doesn't stay quiet and stay put. Meanwhile, Batman and Black Master beating each other with sheer brutality and Barbara tries to make them stop killing each other. However, Batman refuses to stop as he wants to end the Black Mask once and for all in his reign of terror. Barbara tries to remind him that Gotham still needs him because neither Robin or Nightwing are ready right to take the mantle of the Bat. Batman thinks otherwise, and he keeps fighting Black Mask, who is slowly losing the fight. Outside, Batgirl, Onyx, Tarantula, Catwoman, attack Scarebeast at the same time. And they before they are attacked by the police, Robin talks to the commander and explains that they are the only people capable of dealing with the monster and that he should give orders to the rest of the officers to stop attacking and let them be the monster. And Robin promises that after they defeat him, they will promise, pinky swear, they'll surrender, turn themselves in. The commander agrees and gives the order to let them work, and they keep beating Scare Beast. As Batman and Black Mask give no sign of stopping their massacre, Barbara decides to end it all and activates a destruction sequence that starts detonating bombs all over the structure of the clock tower. Batman is almost finished with Black Mask, but Barbara makes him realize that since the destruction of the building is imminent and there's no easy way out, she's going to die unless he stops fighting and saves her from dying. The whole building starts crumbling and the fires reach the main room. Batman drops the beaten body of Black Mask and looks at Barbara, who's begging for him to save her, shedding a tear of desperation. A final explosion makes the clock tower collapse and the people outside run away from the site as rubble and fire keep spreading around the place. Batman's shadow is seen going out of the building and taking a body with him. However, nobody else is looking. A few minutes later, the fire is extinguished. There are only ashes in the place where once stood the Gotham clock tower. Robin and Batgirl find themselves alone looking for the others, but they realize that they might already be gone. And they decide to do the same. One of the police officers tells Robin to keep his promise and turn himself in, but Robin refuses telling him that he lied. Arturo Rodriguez approaches Barbara, who is lying nearby in ambulance and some fighter fighters. And he asks her how she managed to survive. And Barbara pretends that she doesn't remember how it happened and that she's very confused. And so I black Mask believe that her tech company could be the secret headquarters of Batman, who she also considers to be a very bizarre creature. Rodriguez then carries Barbara to a safe place. A few few feet away, Batman is recovering from the feat when some police officers approach him and ask him to surrender. Batman tells him that there are hundreds of other casualties that need attention and that they shouldn't be wasting time with him. While Robin helps the firefighters in the rescue efforts, Batman wants to go and make sure that Black Mask didn't survive the explosion. When he is contacted by... Leslie Tompkins, but the intercom is too damaged to hear what she's saying. And all that Batman gets is that something's happening at her clinic concerning spoiler before leaving. Batman glances at Robin with guilt and sorrow. So says our writer of this wicked wiki, 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 wiki. Uh, a and
3: short that's, time. That, that, that's one interpretation yeah, I know, of, of,
0: uh, of what's gone on, uh, after a short of, time of, later of what, of what that
3: panel supposed to be. Batman's yeah. emotion.
0: Yeah. we'll say, Batman arrives at the clinic and Leslie tells him that Stephanie won't survive and that she has very few hours. Really, minutes, seconds. Leslie takes Batman to Stephanie's room and leaves them alone. Stephanie looks very injured. (sighs) of course, and is barely able to talk. And when she does, she blames herself again for starting the gang war. And she wants to know if Tim hates her. And she speaks about the baby she had a few years ago. Batman tells her that Tim actually adores her and that he would make sure that her baby doesn't miss anything in life. Finally, Stephanie asks Batman if she was given the role of Robin because of her merits and that if she was ever truly Robin after listening from Batman that all of it was true and she was actually Robin. Stephanie feels glad for being part of the legend of Batman and being Robin, even if it was short-lived, and she decides that she must rest now. Stephanie closes her eyes forever, and tears come from her eyes as her heart stops beating. The next morning, Arturo Rodriguez reports from the ruins of the clock tower, the events of the previous night, and he also tells us, the peoples, that the war has finally stopped. He blames not only the criminals, but the vigilantes as well for not being present during their darkest hour, for all the losses and casualties, and for disappearing as soon as the situation calms down. Batman can't agree with him as Arturo doesn't know all the sacrifices that they have been through. Batman leaves the clinic, and before leaving, he tells Leslie that he and his group will always be present in every war that might come. Leslie doesn't speak a word and stares at the Batmobile as it goes away with guilt in her eyes. Do you think that's true? Is there guilt in her eyes? Two days later.
3: Read <laughs> yeah, I crimes.
0: Two days later, several leaders of gangs and mob bosses have gathered in a building and are waiting outside of some important room. Like in Hamilton, the room you want to be in—the room where it happens—they are given instructions. One last
2: time. Okay,
0: they are um, given
2: instru-
0: to they are given instructions to pledge loyalty and move on. As the doors open, all the gang leaders one by one approach Black Mass. Would you believe who is sitting on a big chair? As they and they recognize him as the uncontested boss of bosses in Gotham. The end. It says. And so I thought, well, well if we it isn't not. Black Mask,
3: yeah, no, sir. No,
0: okay. You listened to a
3: lot of Hamilton during the road trip.
0: Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> Question number one of many big questions since we're. At oh, the end there's here. a
3: lot of stuff this issue. How
0: <laughs> big of a sacrifice was it for Barbara to blow up the clock tower? Number one. And number two, beg Batman to save her, basically.
3: Pretty bleeping big. That's her home. That's her base. And if you're somebody who's been through a situation like Barbara has, where like your life has fallen apart and you've had like a traumatic moment, destroying your own home is like, and maybe this isn't a universal life experience, but like, you know, I had a traumatic life altering moment, and some people listening have had to, and when rebuilding from those moments is hard. So like destroying your own home it's a lot more than just like changing apartments after that. Like it's, that's pretty bleep. It's pretty big. Cause not only that, like she built her whole operations out of this too. Like, yes, she was Oracle before the clock tower. Like, cause you know, there's no like single issue where like, you know, I'm moving into the clock tower now, unless it's like a flashback or secret, like, there was just, like, an issue of Showcase. That's where we first see the clock tower. Like, in Suicide Squad, she's just kind of in these, like, little rooms. But either way, like, this is where the Birds of Prey became a thing. This is where, like, a lot of this stuff has been happening. This is the room where it happened. Take that black mask and Aaron Burr and uh, Lynn, Mel, or Miranda. The real room where it happened. And now the room's gone because Batman wouldn't let her finish a sentence and he couldn't have gotten there sooner. So, yes, mm-hmm. I'd say super big sacrifice.
0: And then what about begging Batman to save
3: her? You think begging's a sacrifice? Like, am I understanding the question correctly or?
0: Begging him.
3: I don't think Barbara's too proud to beg. And I think it was less for her own sake and more for Batman's sake. She was begging Batman to save himself. And she knows that he's not going to listen to save himself, but he'll listen to save me. Because Batman's not going to let a friend die. Batman would let himself die. And he was going to do that in that moment. And this scene is, like, revisited in War Crimes. Like, like when I say revisited, it's, like, it's briefly discussed because fans had an issue with Black Mask is not, you know, Lady Shiva. Why is Batman, like, go, like, thinking he's going to die in a hand-to-hand fight with Black Mask? You know, like, this isn't somebody that can beat Batman on a physical level. And they bring that up in this in War Crimes is that, oh, yeah, Batman was tired. He'd been up for days, like blah, blah, blah. He wasn't operating at his best. So that's why like Barbara was saying you two are going to kill each other because in no other universe is Black Mask like without any weapons going toe to toe with Batman and like matching him on a martial arts level.
0: Yeah. I, I would only say, cause I agree with you, of you know, the purpose of, of why she's doing all this and to save, but I think it is also a big character moment for her to ask someone else to save her because she very much is someone who. Dependent. Yeah. She's independent. Or in, um,
3: independent. Yeah. Me. She
0: wants to be self-reliant. And I think. She does know her limitations, but she like pushes past them. But for this to be like, you need to save me. I think that that is kind of stepping back up. Um, I
3: I will defer to you because you spend more time with the character than I do. But I feel like Barbara is not too proud to ask for help when she needs it. She won't ask for help if she thinks it's something that she can do by herself. But unlike Batman, she's not so proud that she won't say I need help if she gets to a situation where she actually does.
2: Yeah.
0: And I want, I mean, also the fact that like what he has put her through this entire war game, you know, like there there's, that's really big too. Like she look at all of the, she has to again, help him out, which is, which is kind of not. So I, it, yeah, it's the, the relationship between these two are very interesting in this, in this story.
3: And, and I briefly alluded to this in one of our previous episodes. Like, you'll see the moment if you ever, like, look at the YouTube of, I, I, I there's a moment where I remember that this is where the clock tower gets destroyed. Because you mentioned birds of prey. I'm like, oh, what happens to the birds of prey after? And I was like, oh, and you said, okay, there's something that's going to happen with birds of prey. Yeah. Because obviously this leads to a new status quo for birds of prey. Right. Their headquarters is gone. Yeah. Like And in fact, like, I don't think this is a spoiler to say because this is like an opening page, not like a storyline, but like literally like the next issue of Birds of Prey. It's like, you know, the birds are like outside of like the room clock tower, like looking at it as if like they just got back after war games. They're like, oh, well, clock tower is gone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I do
0: hope I think Barbara honestly needs to cut ties with Batman for a time.
3: Um, That's part of what's happening next because of the whole like getting the Bat family out of Gotham. They, like, reinforce the point that, like, Batman can't call Oracle as much anymore because she's not in Gotham, which doesn't make sense to me because, like, she doesn't have to be in Gotham to, like, be an information broker. But either way,
0: that's. Yeah, I think I honestly think for health reasons that they need a break from each other.
3: There is there is going to be a follow up discussion between them about spending time apart from each other.
0: Glad to hear it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Where's Jim Gordon? I mean, this is all over the news. His daughter's face is on the news. Where is he? I think that
3: yes, realistically, we should be getting a reaction from him. And this isn't like a TV show where, like, you can't hire an actor to come in for like you know once because it's like budgetary things and screen time. I think you could have done a panel of like Jim, like running at the end, like when Barbara like is talking to that cop, like, oh, I don't know what this was all like. You could have had Jim like going through the barricades, like Barbara, are you okay? That's my mm-hmm. daughter. But I think that with everything going on, there wasn't enough real estate to show that, you know, and we we just assume that Jim saw it and was concerned and called Barbara afterwards or something. Or maybe he's passed out with some booze or whatever, oh you know, gosh. like
0: this is not the Harley Quinn Jim. Plus, he's yeah. isn't he on the mend? Isn't he better? He, he is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah.
3: He, he's, he's he's on the mend or homeless. cop.
0: OK, is it? Is it a believable lie about the tech company? I mean, we do know she has kind of the paper trail to believe it, but...
3: I I, I thought that she was a travel company at one point. That was her cover, but, like...
0: Yeah, in the birds, yeah.
3: I think that because Batman, like, literally bursts in there, it does, like... It could make conspiracy theorists, like, raise their eyebrows, like, huh, you know, Batman did show up. But Batman's gonna show up where there's trouble in Gotham anyway. Mm -hmm. And because Black Mask was on live TV, it does show you know, like one would assume that like Batman would show up wherever Black Mask was if he was on live TV. But there was no Batman stuff in that place. It was just like, you know, and if people saw all the computers and she said, oh, yeah, I'm a tech company. If they're thinking who's Batman's like, you know, like headquarters person and they just see like a girl in a wheelchair and they look her up, and she's like a former librarian or whatever. And you know, depending upon if her stint in Congress is in continuity, they're probably going to be like, "Yeah, there, there, there's nothing here. This is mm-hmm. a dead
0: end." Yeah. Constantly underestimated, my girl. Yeah. Explain this. Explain this to me.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. Scare beast. Explain.
3: That was that was bleeping weird. <laughs>
0: Do you know anything Uh, about this history, about this character? Because apparently it's, again, it's happened before. Do you know anything
3: about Scare? He he was transformed by, like, another villain or penguin or something. And this was a thing that happened, like, for a little bit. Like, I I forgot about it. And then when I read this again, I was like, well, that was a freaking non sequitur. Like, (laughs) and when you were, like, doing your, like, recap where the person, like, detailed every crevice of every page i quickly like typed it into my phone see if i was like am i remembering this the way i thought and like yeah there's like a few sections of scare beast on like a few websites um was i reading the books around this time yeah but i don't really remember much of scare beast this isn't like when we we're talking about Darwin, i gave you like darla's whole like life story and like what happened to her afterwards and like you know all this tarantula and nightwing stuff or it's Dick Grayson like joining the mafia. Scare Beast, I'm like, uh, yeah. this mine ain't no steel trap. Scare Beast escape from that.
0: <laughs> it's it's so very bizarre. I'm like But
3: that was that 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 was a big WTF. And I think I even put something like that in my uh <laughs> Yeah, I would
0: agree. So I was wrong. I I thought that Alfred had gotten Dick into the Batcave, but it's the the mobile batcave.
3: But he's he's gonna be in the Batcave and um in the next issue of Nightwing. And it almost kind of implies that, like, he's been there since, like, the end of the last Nightwing. Because he's, like, learning about, like, the the continuity of Nightwing's weird, like I said. Yeah.
0: Do you think Batman lied to Stephanie that it was real and she was Robin?
3: I don't think so, because the way that the scene is set up from an emotional level, we're meant to believe that it's, like, genuine. That being said, it was... And we talked about this when we talked about Act 1... It was a failure of Stephanie's time at Robin, uh, as Robin. That the reason why we never get Batman's thoughts on it is so that we can have this payoff, where like he reveals it to the readers and to the Stephanie for the first time that yes, that's why. But during the actual storyline, he's mean to her, and Alfred says, "Are you just doing this to like tempt Tim to come back?" And Batman doesn't answer, and they do that to like set the expectation for the readers, and this is the payoff from that. But it's ultimately a poor payoff because like. It doesn't come off as genuine based on his past actions. Does the scene set it up as genuine? Yes. But if you read his past actions, you're like, what the heck? And the fact that you're asking is this genuine shows that it's kind of a failure of how they're doing this. And this whole was Stephanie actual Like this was like, yes, she was a real official Robin. There was still some back and forth on this among like DC as a company after this, um, Because I know that, like, people would say, oh, you know, all three Robins. And then when Damien would show up, they'd say, and the, you know, the four official Robins. And when people would bring up Stephanie, I think at one point Dan DiDio said, like, oh, no, Stephanie wasn't actually really Robin. That doesn't count. And after this storyline, when people said, why doesn't Stephanie have a memorial case? Nobody asked about the black guy Orpheus's memorial case, but... That's none of my business. But anyway, when people asked about Stephanie's memorial case, somebody at DC, maybe the DO said, oh, she doesn't get one because she wasn't actually Robin. Mm. Which again, like you have editorial saying she wasn't actually Robin, but here Batman saying, no, she was Robin.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, obviously there's been a few changes, you know, in the company's leadership over the years. And like Stephanie is acknowledged as an official Robin. They did that Robin 80th anniversary special, in 2020, and Stephanie was listed as one of the Robins. We had the Robins miniseries a year or two ago, and Stephanie was one of the official Robins in that. So the DC is acknowledging that she was a Robin, but despite Batman, what Batman says here and how it concludes the storyline, it was still very much uh not-everyone-could-agree-on thing.
0: Yeah, I guess with how he is with her in this third act... Like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he was very much loving towards her. Probably the most that we've ever seen him be towards Steph in particular, but you always wonder, you know, when someone's on their deathbed, I mean, you want to say everything positive, right? You know, does Tim hate me? No, of course not. He adores you always has. And and just like all these positive things to her. So that's why I wonder like, what do you think is, is this a lie to to benefit her because she is dying or does he truly believe it? But perhaps he's the most honest he's ever been in these moments.
3: Yeah. And because I think he needs to be, because yeah. there's no time left, you know. And I mean, he doesn't know that she's coming back in 2009, yeah, or 2000, so, whatever, whatever year that story was where yeah, she came back,
0: yeah. So then I have like several questions about this, right? So at the yeah, moment, oh God, yeah. at the moment, right? It just seems that Stephanie died of her wounds. We were warned about this by Leslie. Do you think that this, just this, is okay? Do you think that It seems fair and realistic that she died. And I also put, did she need to die, I guess, for this story? So just looking at this.
3: It's the whole Jean Grey thing. Like, when you say, does she need to die? Where, like, you know, when Chris Claremont wrote the original Dark Phoenix Saga, he had Jean Grey, like, destroy a whole planet with, like, lots of aliens living on it. And then the next issue, he was going to have her be like cured of being Phoenix and like basically like live in retirement. And Jim Shooter said, no, you can't do that. She like killed all these people. So like you need to she has to like, quote unquote, pay for what she did. So whenever a hero is like responsible for a bunch of deaths, like there's especially if it's a woman, there's kind of that attitude that like they either need to pay with their life or something else. But that being said nobody asked for stephanie like you know to do the war games in the first place like you know did she die like did she need to die well they didn't need to write her as like doing the war games so that they can justify killing her Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so no she didn't need to die
4: okay
3: they could have they could have made it so that stephanie didn't do the war games and she didn't need to die or they could have made it that even after doing the war games she decided to you know, maybe this drives her to like do some good and maybe she changes her M.O. in some way to like get back to the city because she has those feelings of guilt. I don't know. Um, so from a storytelling standpoint, she this was like a six part question. So like I think I just answered one of them. What, what were That's the other? Parts?
0: Do you think that this is realistic that she dies?
3: She was tortured for a while. She bled out. Uh, there was internal bleeding. I'm not a medical doctor. I thought it was weird considering like she was on her two feet and like it had been a few issues since Batman had found her, so I figured she was fine. But I don't question it too much. Um, that being said, there's multiple retcons surrounding this scene. Because first, well... War crimes wasn't the retcon. They wrote this with war crimes in mind. And then when she came back, they revealed, oh, actually, something else entirely. Yeah. You know, so. And at
0: least it was seated in when Leslie admits her. He's like, she's she might not make it. Her, yeah. her wounds are extensive. So if Leslie said, like, she'll pull through. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm sorry, what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we think about the extraneous information that comes later, which, you know, more than I do.
3: Yeah, um, I'm glad I don't have to dance around it as much as I thought yes. I was.
0: I still use the did she need to die? She didn't. Okay, so even with I don't know Wesley's motivations. So I guess that would be a swallower if you told me. So
3: Leslie not. hates lawns.
0: Okay. No, um, no, no, no. So so oh, still like she better didn't. Watch need... out. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah you watch next on the list. <laughs> there ain't no Lazarus pits where I live. So you don't think she's a ghoulie?
3: To die? Oh, that te- last oh, I was like
0: what do you say Tessa Tessug- okay yeah, 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 said yeah. The,
3: the pits and like, I, was like, I don't oh, yeah, know what it. he
0: just said but then I processed it oh okay. so you don't think she needed to die knowing no what okay
3: okay no um one thing I'll note about this scene too is that she says she has a baby girl prior to this storyline the gender of her daughter was not known oh interesting. because because okay. when she gives birth Tim is about to tell her like because she's unconscious like she's like put under when she gives birth and when she wakes up tim's like you're safe the baby's safe you have a beautiful baby and she stops him and says no i don't want to know i don't want to know anything about that because like she thinks that the baby's doomed if it's with her that because like she's clue master's daughter the baby's going to be drawn into this life crime. so she says give the baby up for adoption you know like i i don't want to know the gender it's better this way So at some point she found out the gender, which either Leslie told her when she looked through the records or in the intervening years since the birth, Stephanie got curious and looked it up and found out herself. Gotcha. But that was interesting to me when I read this at the time. Like, oh, a daughter. We still don't know. I mean, unless something happened in the last few months at Batgirls that I haven't caught up on, like the daughter is still technically out there somewhere. We don't know the daughter's name
0: sure she doesn't exist just like alicia's wife doesn't exist
3: well we've um we've been like um bringing back pre-rebirth stuff or pre uh new 52 uh yes is batman
0: does batman look guilty there and also should batman have told Cass and tim that steph was nearing her end should have told everyone
3: quite frankly um so stella pointed to a panel you know youtubers and I interpreted that panel of him, like, looking, like, considering, should I tell Tim or not? Like, he's looking at Tim and deciding to, like, leave him in the dark. And that's one thing that I've said in the past that upsets me about the story is that Stephanie dies and she and Tim never got to make peace. Yeah, That each of them, like, Stephanie went to her grave thinking that Tim cheated on her with Darla when really Tim was rejecting Darla's kiss mm. and Tim Stephanie died without Tim ever finding out the real reason why like she was mad at him Tim doesn't know why she was mad at him Tim doesn't know that he saw the Darla kiss and Tim doesn't know that like why she went to become robbed like this is a discussion that they can never have and that Batman robbed them of having now They've probably had it since then because she's alive, you know, but like in real life, when somebody dies, those are moments that you can't get back. Batman took that away from Tim. And that gets me upset. I had not even considered what you said about telling Cass too, until just now. I'm like, that's true because Cass was close with Stephanie.
0: And Cass knew. Cass of all the Bat family knew.
3: Yeah, I think that if she could have died with them all by her side, you know,
0: Catwoman. I mean, we saw how big. I, I mean,
3: Cat, Catwoman could wait in the waiting room, you know. Like I know, but the cast. fact that I
0: mean, yeah, but there were emotional moments between the two <laughs> of them.
3: There, there, there were, but if Stephanie's got minutes to live, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely that like,
2: Steph. And,
3: yeah, yeah, like like, like let her have and, yeah. like twenty seconds with Cass, twenty seconds with Tim, and like if you, if you had Catwoman in there, then like you have to divide it up more, and it's just it gets yeah. messy. Like so, and she knew yeah. Catwoman for like a, a like two days, like so It was so a nurturing right. relationship, but like yes. you know she should have had closure with uh Cass and the Tim that
0: she loved. Yeah. 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 So I guess it's, he has best interest, but it's just like in the Batman way, he gets things kind of confused of like, what should actually be done.
3: And in a way, this is, this is kind of a human moment for Batman. Cause it's, I'm mad at him for doing this, but like, I see it as a human moment of him, like making a mistake thinking like, I don't want to like put this on Tim right now, you know? And I don't want to upset him. I don't want to complicate this. Like, let, let let's I don't want to get his head out of the game. So let me just let him do this right now. But it is, I mean, the more I think about it, like, and of course, you know, obviously, like I said, there was a recent death in my orbit, and that raises a lot of questions over like moments that you can never get back. Right. So, like, I'm kind of applying some of those emotions here. And I'm like, Yeah, Batman really robbed him of those moments. Of course the difference is you know it's a comic so like you do get those moments because stephanie came back but if this story is the end of stephanie tim will never know why she was mad at him yeah and stephanie will never know that tim did not cheat on her she has to take that to her
0: grave and does tim find out that he could have spent some time with stephanie at her end but batman prevented that and is there a resentful it, reaction to it
3: i remember the moments where tim finds out I don't remember him being resentful at Batman, but I remember the moment where he finds out.
0: That's interesting because I feel like I've seen other media where this this happens. And the other person who has been like locked out of that last moment is very upset at the person who prevented that from happening, which
3: makes sense. If God forbid something happened to our naked friend. And I like told you, like, oh yeah, yeah, it was a few hours ago, and and I knew, and I didn't tell you to when you could have gone to the hospital. You would rightfully be upset at me.
4: Yes,
0: yes, I, mean, I was going to say there could be friendship ending. Um, oh god, <laughs> there would be a. <laughs> there, we would have to take a break. It would take me a long time, I think.
3: Man, I mean, good. let's hope Donovan doesn't die. But if Donovan did die, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I would not keep you in the dark about it no yeah yeah <laughs> what situation would we, would we even be in where like it would happen that
0: way okay okay no more with you, let's let's not catastrophize yeah, like, okay, man no you on roller coasters and you in podcasts doing things
3: does what i do like, on a roller coaster
0: <laughs> because you said what happened if i died right here right next to you oh bush yeah, gardens yeah and i was like <laughs> could you please stop does she look guilty to you
3: I don't know what she's supposed to be.
0: Okay. Cause our but, writer like, of the DC wiki, I believe so.
3: Yeah. I, the, the, there's a lot of people reading. I mean, and no, and this is no offense to the DC wiki or writers. Like you kind of have to read into your own things here. Like it's when you read this with the context of war crimes, then you're like, Oh, he feels guilty, you know? Um, and then of course we have retcons from like when mm. Stephanie comes back, man, we're gonna have to have a whole discussion when stephanie uh, after like during war crimes of like how stephanie's the true circumstances behind stephanie's death how that fits in with the circumstances behind her return because honestly the whole thing is a big like mess that doesn't make a lot of sense
4: yeah
0: did batman lose
3: yeah i'd say so two of his allies are dead the gcbd is now against him his surviving allies have been driven from Gotham. The clock tower is destroyed and the gangs are now unified under black mask. It's 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 not a good situation. No. Uh, the weird thing is when the clock tower is like destroyed, he like says something like the gang war is over. And I'm like,
0: how? Like,
3: what? No. Like,
0: d- yeah. did you just he announce it? To Leslie, a- yeah, it's all, all like, over. But we'll it- be here for the next one.
3: It's like, well, how? Like everyone was still like fight, like b- because Black Mask like body disappeared. Like that doesn't mean the gang war's over.
0: Yeah, he should have learned too. But Black Mask fell from a building and didn't die. Batman should know better than to just. But even dead. if,
3: just because they were all united under Black Mask, wouldn't they be fighting each other again? Like they were, or like, I mean, I guess is he saying it's over because like they all got together under Black Mask? Like so, technically, then the gang war's been over. It. It's really weird because he just like black mass body disappears. He's like, well, that's over now. And it's like, hold on, aren't we still like chaos around every corner? Like gang members stabbing each other in the streets, and like you know, high school students like you know having to hide and stuff. Like, isn't isn't this still like they didn't really land the plane too well with this one? Mm -hmm. I hate
0: to say. I would agree. If a fan wanted to pick up this story. And only this story. So Act One, Two, and Three. And this is it, right? It ends like this. What have they learned?
3: That Batman should put a password on his war games plans when he and and when he fires his robins, like stay in the Batcave until they leave the Batcave. Don't just like walk out and leave and like with your computer right there and your like thumb drive out with your war game plans or whatever he did. There's a lot to learn. Don't talk over your friends. It's such um,
0: a, yeah it, it's such a weird ending because uh it's almost the most anticlimactic ending i think i've ever read
3: the the war game is over <laughs> as the war game is,
0: <laughs> seth is dead but black mask is still like nothing has been accomplished like black mask yeah. is he's in power and it's like batman thinks that it's over but it's really not it was like such a weird ending it was like going to see across the spider-verse And I didn't realize that it was a part two or a to be continued situation. So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, what's going to happen? It's called a to be continued. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So when it says the end, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? It's just like,
3: what? Did I I tell you what the nine-year-old said when I took him to see it? No. When it said to be continued, he stood up in like the seat he was in and he shouted,
0: hey, I was watching that. Oh my gosh, well. Yeah, well, I was reading this and this is how it ended up. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, what has changed, I guess? So Stephanie died, Bat- Black Mask is head. What other status quo from this story? Not the epilogues, mind you. What has actually changed from like the beginning to the end?
3: Well, the Black Mask is kingpin of crime. Right. Batman has lost two of his allies. He's no longer.
0: Who are the two? He is now, if he oh, is now Steph a fugitive. Oh, Orpheus?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's now a fugitive from that JSA. Day. Uh. Tim. Okay. Tim is. Tim is Robin again. Yeah. Um. He's no longer an urban legend. He's been on camera.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. And the
3: clock tower is destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Clock tower is destroyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And and we'll never forget the scare beast.
0: I mean, uh, are those oh, significant oh, changes? Batman,
3: Batman lost three allies. Charlie. Poor Charlie. Yeah. Poor
0: Charlie. Uh, Are those significant enough changes to warrant this story?
3: Does anything... Like, that's such a... That's a hard question to answer, because, like, what warrants a story? You know what I mean? Like, it's... (laughs) Like, technically, anything can warrant a story, because that's what stories are. Like, things happen in them. I'd say that that's a lot of significant stuff. Like, two of Batman's allies ending, like, his relationship with the GCBD. you know changing and the allies getting driven from gotham it's it's an epilogue thing but like you know this this plants the seeds for it like there's enough here to justify a crossover i would just say that like this could have been two months like contagion and uh um legacy and cataclysm instead of three like three months this got this got padded especially like some of those act three stories we had the subplot pages with, like, Black Mask that were kind of interesting. But otherwise, like, Robin fighting Double Dare, you know, like, that that was kind of superfluous. Catwoman fighting the guy she was fighting, that felt superfluous. The subplot pages were all right. I was like, okay, we, we're kind of, like, spinning our wheels here, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that was my final point, is just the length. I, I agree that I think we could have cut out eight issues from this.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Now, as a returning reader, I liked that it was long because, like, I liked having a new book to read, like, each week, you know, as part of like the storyline, which, like, I think a year or two from when I read this was when we got there's a regular 52, which kind of like scratched that same itch. Oh, which-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The first weekly. Like- yeah. That was good. Countdown wasn't very good, but
3: Yeah. I good. remember you used to say on crossface. i am the only one that read Countdown all the way through and I'd be right. thinking,
0: I read it as well. <laughs> it and then Trinity came out after that.
3: Oh, uh, apparently- I I I couldn't do Trinity after Countdown. It was Yeah, I like, know.
0: It was like too many weekly series. Too
3: many. Yeah, and and I and I well, I like weekly, series, but it's like ugh. And that's why I got excited when we did um Batman Eternal because it was like almost
0: weekly. Yeah. Thrice, you know, but yeah, and I guess oh. we were prepared for it by Spider Man with a lot That was three times. a week do do, 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 do. Any other thoughts on this issue or War Games Act Three as a whole?
3: The only other note that I had, and I feel like it's an anticlimactic note to make my last note of this, but like just because we didn't discuss it, but like at the beginning when Batman and Tarantula are like looking at the TV report of like oracle at gunpoint like tarantula says something like oh no like in my head i'm thinking like i'm sorry but wasn't that you that was trying to kill her a few months and i understand for story reasons why she's the one saying oh no now but it was just like i in my head i'm thinking like uh that's quite a switch miss tarantula because you just tried to kill her not too long ago but okay very true
0: what would uh, you, I forgive yeah. tarantula
3: she's 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 trying to do good now yeah and she didn't deserve the misogyny that she got no,
0: no. from she the readers. Caring, caring for her people in this particular act exactly so you have to give her some props there
3: mm-hmm.
0: what would you give act three as a grade
3: oh it's hard to grade because like I want to give it something really 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 low because like of the egregiousness of the whole you know stephanie of it all and everything in some of the stuff but at the same time i feel like giving something too low is like mean because there's worthwhile stuff here remind me what the grading system is like out of out, 10. Of, out of 10 out of 10 i'd say four out of 10 is Flatless. fair
0: four out of 10
3: yeah this is it's 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 weak, but the four is because there's enough in there that it gets those four points. There's, like, enough worthwhile. But, like, the bad stuff is so bad that, like, you you lost those six points.
0: I think I would give it a five out of Mm ten. Flat lines. What would you give War Games as a whole?
3: Oh, as a whole? Hmm. Maybe a five or six out of ten. Somewhere between the five and the six. Like, I don't want to go too high because, like, just the orpheus stuff is like just so egregious but there was was some good art in here there was some good moments you know like uh that i mean as as uncomfortable as it was to read in the year 2023 the school shooting issue was very well done
0: yeah yeah i would almost recommend read act one of war games and don't read anything (laughs) let's do a synopsis act one i still think act one was pretty good I was like, oh, I don't know why people don't like this. This seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree. Here we are two between... months later. Yeah, I know. And at, at 1248 yeah. in the morning. Um, We've been in the um,
3: war game, Stella. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with you. Maybe a five or a six. Oh, my
3: God. It is 1248. Yes. I remember you said, I just want to make sure we're not recording at midnight. And I was thinking, we're not going to be recording until midnight. No,
0: I knew I was like 1231, man. We're, we're going to get this. uh okay any other thoughts act three not
3: that i didn't already cover in the notes
0: okay so we'll be back in two months and we'll do the epilogue and some miscellaneous and the war crimes and i guess we'll have some issues there but i'll at least have a break maybe i'll forget all about this and then i'll come back
3: well and at least war crimes is a manageable like four issues and yes yeah and you
0: wanted to do it tonight you're insane it would have been like 2 a.m. when we would have finished. And I have... You said, work. I'm not doing 12 issues. I have three jobs. One oh of them God. being my own school. One of them being my own school, but it's practically... I,
3: I didn't even mention that I had a toddler all week in the last two yeah, days. See. So I was like so sleep deprived. Trying to
0: kill us. Kill <laughs> us both. I know. <laughs> um. Okay, now for some listener emails as we wrap up this episode.
2: Mail time. Mail to Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail!
0: All of them are comments on because I don't think I have any um, actual email emails. Episode 236 on part one. Former BFF uh, Shayna said she wasn't expecting to get demoted, and I did respond that there are always consequences to our actions, so lesson learned, maybe, maybe not. Part two, though, you will be interested to hear this from her: (laughs) Bagels After Midnight, a.k.a. Right round, a.k.a. Harry. Okay.
3: Harold. (laughs) Yes.
0: I love how Josh put it, quote, think if this was Batman, if this was Green Arrow or Nightwing, how would this scene be written? End quote. Realistically, Batman would break under torture as still a set of characters in general. It has to be either or. Male characters appear weak in distressing situations, or female characters appear not weak. At that point, it's an issue of what we're learning as readers and the devil's advocate position to the dragon tattoo problem. That it isn't necessarily problematic for female characters to be sexually assaulted because sexual assault happens in real life. Only ignores what men are learning from seeing Invincible Batmans and James Bonds. I think it depends on the story, and from what I'm hearing of War Games, it sounds like it might have been better to have Stephanie not appear quote-unquote weak in that instance. If the story requires that she does, it may be more realistic and even help define a different kind of strength, but it wouldn't be a story I'd be interested in reading. But torture was so 2000s anyway. I wonder if modern big two comics even have this dilemma. Do you think Um, they torture someone nowadays?
3: I can't recall any recent instances, but it's also because of, you know, the time of night and I'm not reading every comic that's out there, but I mean, I think that, you know, comics are in a lot better position than they were. I'm not the best person to speak of this. Cause I was going to say, well, comics are a lot less misogynistic than they were, you know, like years ago, but I'm like, yes, me, a white male in his thirties, like saying that, like I, I, I can't speak to it because there's things that I won't see because there's blind spots that I have because of my privilege, you know. People me. listening, you SJW, Josh, you liberal SJW, but but realistically, like you know, i I know that as you know, someone with my place in the world, I might not notice something that's, you know, sexist against women because yeah. you know it, it might completely go past me.
0: In response, I mean, well,
3: to- yep. Sheesh, we just had the death of Miss Marvel, which was like really uh, weird.
0: Not even in her own book.
3: Not and, and not and, even and, in her like,
0: friends book.
3: And in the press release about it, it was like really like insensitive. It was like she's been a great supporting character for Spider-Man. And it's like supporting it. this this is the first like Muslim American Marvel superhero. Yeah. She had her own title. Like, don't call her a supporting character.
0: Ugh. <sighs> Lasai.
3: Lasai indeed.
0: Yeah. I will say in response to this, Harry, um, and other people, they should read The Power by Naomi Alderman to see what it's like. Uh, on the flip side of things um i think that would be a great investigation i this, I'm, a, I'm like a parent how many times i have to mention that particular book and the themes but anyways no one listens to me one person will at some point i hope and then i can chat
3: isn't that the book that donovan was supposed to read oh and universe? my
0: gosh yes yes and he didn't so i don't have to watch steven universe
3: I think he started to at one point. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, he's like
0: 20 pages in. I got that for him in like 2017. Six years is no excuse. That is no excuse. <laughs> Anyways. I think You'll have to do it. what
3: I did uh, to get him to watch Raya because I, I tried to get him to watch Raya The Last Dragon and I basically like harassed him until he did. And then every time he watched like another movie, I would like say, why Why not Raya? Why didn't you watch <laughs> Raya?
0: Well every time I see him like, oh yeah, what about the power? He doesn't care. I don't care. He only cares about flipping pizzas. Okay. Um that's it. Remember if someone
3: only knew Donovan by like our descriptions of him. <laughs> What would they think of this human I don't being? Know.
0: You know, I thought <laughs> they, about. They, they would think
3: like, <laughs> he, is he like a nudist that like just like is constantly throwing pizzas at her? Throwing <laughs> pizzas. They give him <laughs>
0: extra tips because of his body. Oh. You know, Domino's. I think it's Domino's. Now you can just drop a pin in on a map, and Domino's has to find you. So you could be out in the middle of nowhere, ask for a pizza, and Domino's has to find you out with their GPS. Could you imagine? donovan
3: doing that i'm not a fan of those drop the pin things because those I know. are because those are very inaccurate because i've done uber um as a driver and as mm. a driver anyone who listens to bto if you ever do uber do not use the pin just type in your address because when you use the pin it goes by your like satellites yeah And it'll put you like three or four buildings away sometimes. And then you yell at your Uber driver saying, you're not where I put the pin. And it's like, actually, I'm exactly where the pin was put. The pin was just in the wrong place. But if you're at like, you know, Chili's, type in Chili's and it will tell Uber to take us to, to have me look for you at Chili's, not to look for you three buildings away where you actually put the pin. There so you. when you say like, oh, Pete Domino's let you do the pin, I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people yelling at their delivery drivers yeah, for things you. that are not their fault now saying, you
0: put
2: my pizza at the wrong house.
0: Yeah, the, the, the ad looked insane. I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness. I'm not a delivery driver. I feel very bad for them. Uh, everyone's so happy, like, look, we've appeared because they've like, f- they like float down from the sky. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, finally, literature recommendation. Did you read or listen to anything on your 11 uh, day road trip?
3: Oh my God, I couldn't read. I mean, we listened to a lot of Hamilton, you know, okay. like, uh, <laughs> and I heard a lot of songs that like I hadn't listened to from that show in years that I was like, oh. And I, I, I thought of you because when I listened to the Skylar sister song, I was just remembering um, San Diego and <laughs> like, 2017
0: eliza.
3: yeah you mm-hmm. said you yeah you said you say you sang that song to me and after we sang uh you'll be back to, to i don't really know that
0: song too much except for the sisters
2: work, work. Yeah.
3: Uh, you, you did it like out of nowhere to like get a reaction out of us you said it, you were very animated. like
2: eliza and peggy look around, look around look around
3: let's see reading though reading and literature it's been so busy yeah. <laughs> I had a toddler this weekend. I, I read Goodnight Moon, you know. There you go. So like <laughs> yeah, there you go. and That's we true. watched The Lamb Before Time and he reenacted the movie in the car ride for like Ooh. the next week. Like, yeah. Which one? 20. Oh, oh. The
4: this good the one. one.
3: The first one.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm, 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 not, I'm not showing a toddler those stupid sequels, okay. like <laughs> the good one.
2: Uh, okay. BTO well. listeners. Yes.
3: If would. you know. Is there a good Land Before Time sequel?
0: Yeah. Come back at us. Let us know. So I read Call Me By Your Name by Andre Ossiman for the second time for the Required Reading Podcast with Tom. And that is out now. So you can go check it out. Lots of homoeroticism and peaches. Out of the Shadows, which is a High Republic novel by Justina Ireland. It was okay. That's okay. Banned book club by uh, Kim Hyun Suk, Ryan Estrada, and Ko Hyung Joo, which takes place in South Korea in the mid 80s and sort of a time of paranoia and reporting on other people and and just activism and, and trying to, I guess, show people what's actually happening and try to change things and get rid of their leadership. But I recommend that. That'll be on the next required reading which will be in September find me, which was the sequel kind of sequel to call me by your name, which I actually liked, I think a little bit more than call me by your name. Um, I felt that the themes of fathers and sons was really interesting and you get to, You follow Elio's father and then Elio as he conducts another affair with an older gentleman and then Oliver and then it's Oliver and Elio at the very end. Finding Me by Viola Davis. I give that five stars. I highly recommend listening to it on audiobooks since uh, she reads it. Fascinating. I had no idea these details of her life and and how she grew up. And I love her husband and how she represents him. It's, It's pretty hilarious and he just seems like the best guy. And then I read a haunting in Venice, uh, which by Agatha Christie, which is going to be, Oh, well, technically it's called Halloween party, but this is what the, the film is going to be. So that's why I read it. And then I finished with the great believers by Rebecca Mackay or Mackay. And it's hard for me to explain what that's about. It takes place in the the start of and really the height of the AIDS crisis and follows this one character, Yale, and then in 1984 and kind of increases. And then in 2015, someone who's really close with Yale looking for her daughter. So it's hard for me to like tell you what the actual plot is. I mean, you're seeing lots of friends die. It's not an uplifting novel by any means, but um, I thought it was pretty good. I think that's it for me. Would you like to pimp yourself out?
3: Oh uh, yeah, the yeah, the com. I have content on there uh every week, you know, and uh DC.com, DC's official website. I got content on there every week as well. So that is fun. That is what I am currently up to in between naps and uh lots of fun trips. If you're going to be at let, let, let me get my convention schedule. Oh my uh, We're
0: well, yes, going to be GSU was- in September.
3: Yep. You're going um, to go to
0: New York Comic Con in October.
3: That's two. Let's see if you... Uh, You're
0: going to Dragon Con in ooh, September.
3: You got three out of the four. Okay. Alright, so here's my schedule. August 31st to November 4th I will be at Dragon Con in Atlanta.
0: Through November 4th?
3: Oh, September 4th. <laughs> You're there for like, Guys, it's... It's, it's, one of, okay, it's 1 in the morning. <laughs> and... and I, and and I'm gonna say for the third or fourth time this podcast, I had a toddler all weekend. Yes. My yes. brain is my brain is basically mush. Dragon Con Atlanta. I'll be on a few panels, including a Batman Nightfall one with our friend Michael Bailey. September 16th through September 17th, I will be at Uncanny Experience in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's gonna be an X-Men um, convention that looks like it's gonna be pretty cool. So that's just a quick weekend thing I'll be going to. And then September 29th through September 30th I will be at as well as our naked friend and possibly a few other surprises uh yeah another mutual friend of ours might be there that might surprise you Stella I don't know if I should say their name
0: I know I know who
3: it is it rhymes with black yep okay (laughs) Spider-Man and Pop Culture Conference um you know Stella and I did the Batman one with Donovan uh years ago and it's still my lock screen because like it's because it's me stella donovan and ben it's like oh it's a combination of all these people who i love and like that i don't get to see at the same time in the same place very often so so it's it's still even though nobody looks the same as they do in that picture now and then um october 12th through the 15th i'll be at new york city comic-con and um you guessed it new york new york new york there you go. One day I'll convince Stella to go to one of these again. Evidently, the one that she could have actually gone to, I didn't tell her about, so um That's correct. Our friendship C2E was too. um in tatters for a whole 6 seconds, and, you know, until we were fine. That's
0: correct. Yeah. You know, BGSU was a consideration. I just didn't have time to to put together that that thing and I didn't want to Yeah, I didn't want to promise something and then renege. But I had a good plan. I had a good plan for what I was going to do.
3: They might let you do something last minute if you feel like it. But I feel like with three jobs, you
0: don't have the time. Still doesn't have the time, no. Plus, I'm yeah, I'm going back up to Cape Cod to run a race. So, And that's in October. So can't really take off much from work because I don't get paid for my time off. So. Okay, well, send so any questions or comments to backrolloracle at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook or follow it on Twitter at backrolloracle. Subscribe to the show on YouTube for an uncut version where I make gestures and josh bleeps or doesn't bleep himself follow the batman universe on facebook and twitter as well and support the batman universe by subscribing to patreon once again thanks to my high comics for sponsoring back her lore the barbara gordon podcast and until next time fly on babs lovers
1: just plain barbara gordon masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special batgirl cycle who knows is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling daredevil.
2: Ah, I love a happy ending. Don't you?